Is it some devil that crawls inside of you? my god hello folks welcome back to another episode of the bad etiquette podcast i'm your host alice bronson remy the dog is sleeping on my bed farting into the wind and i am joined by the lovely angelina lapointe hi hey how you doing sup i'm so stoked to have someone here it's been a it's been a while especially a stranger (laughs) yeah i've been in my house by myself for the last like however many months it is it's been uncounted months did you like the beginning of the pandemic like when shit was like toilet paper disaster shutting down no i mean i don't uh i have little patience for like general stupidity so it was oh, a little man. difficult this is the me. wrong show for you i did like <laughs> i did like like working from home that was great yeah um but i have um, anxiety problems and I didn't realize that being by myself all the time was going to like magnify like all the bad shit that I say about myself in my head is like I have to face these anxiety problems like, yeah like there is something about going out into the world and just like having normal interactions with people like there was there was a point like about a month in where like because I'm an introvert mm-hmm. I was like cool i'm cool like it's just like do the things that like at the beginning of the pandemic it was kind of funny if you are like a solitary introvert who like stays at home and does like crafts and other like little like super time consuming solitary activities Mm -hmm. like me Mm -hmm. um there was like a hey i did that before it was cool Mm -hmm. you guys like reaction to the social media like uh yeah i baked bread like so 15 years ago you guys like banana bread get your shit handled (laughs) yeah yeah so um there was a little bit of a backlash for me it's like well my life hasn't changed all that much except (laughs) i don't go to work to go to work but then the lack of live shows started to hit me and i was like oh my god like this is the longest that I have not been on a stage for probably 20 years. I've heard so much of that just from comedians where they're like, I have never taken this long of a break in 20, 30 years. And I know uh, I am a comedy podcast nerd of the highest degree. Beautiful. Um, so, you know, so I know. Um, but yeah, like I think a lot of people go into comedy um, as a coping mechanism for their mental health (laughs) and like they need to get on stage and get that whatever it is in their system that caused them to like be a comedian to like get through the punishment and also like perform themselves that way Mm -hmm. like whatever they needed to get like whatever they use that for in their life i'm just an uh, an attention whore i needed it it's gone yeah i'm like this is like showmanship is like that's the the thing you just put a face on it so that you can have that sort of like attention seeking thing Mm -hmm. in a particular environment but i think also like yeah there's the attention whore nature of it but then there's also the process-based nature of it like what happens when you're a comedian I'm not a comedian. I don't know, but is that it's something that you're making with the audience? Yeah, it, you ha- you need their reaction. You need them to say, "Hey, that was that was dog shit. Don't say that again." You know, or "Oh, that was edgy." You know, they really are your barometer for your. That's how you work stuff out. Like, yeah, in the same way that like I don't 
like, you know, two months into lockdown or something, I was like, do I have a face? I don't know if I can interact with, like, <laughs> ah, oh, like I man. started to come like unconnected from my personality. I'm like, shit. And now anytime I see a person, I'm like, oh God, there's going to be like verbal, verbal diarrhea. I know. I don't even know what to say to people anymore. I'm like, how have you been? I'm like, I don't fucking know. You don't look at my Instagram, dude. Just leave me alone. I don't know. I have no answer for you anymore. I got... I got a little fatter and I cut my hair because I was fat and long hair. Horrible combo. Um, looking like a slob. So I don't know what to tell you guys. <laughs> You're like, well, it's it's day to day, man. But, Some okay. days are better than others. The freaking the beginning of the pandemic was heaven. Like March, April. Holy shit. I could do that all over again. I ate Pop-Tarts, did yoga, binge watch TV shows, and drank every day for 70 days it was the drinking wasn't the good part but yeah <laughs> i guess first, I, it was amazing. I tried to be normal uh like tried to maintain some like semblance of order yeah. at the beginning for myself i'm like okay well, i gotta like keep a routine and like mm-hmm. get dressed every day and not eat crap and da 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 and then like month in that was just completely out the window i I'm stayed like, out no. of my room i wasn't yeah. even i was downstairs tv the whole time yeah. coors beer and oreos and pop tarts and having no fucking idea what time it was and, and it was raining so, so it was like less. easy to just seal yourself inside because it was so cozy yeah like feels like a weekend or like the 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 day that you say like i'm gonna you know let the world fuck off today but then mm-hmm. you get to the point where it's like crap i still like have shit to do and there's no like being self-regulating i think is the hardest thing about it it's like it's you have so no hard. Like there's no dates on the calendar or whatever. Like showers don't mean, mean as much. Yeah, you're like, oh, I probably could have one. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like I might just feel good. Maybe I should. Maybe yeah. I should fucking wash this sadness off. I don't even know I have. Yeah, yeah, it's a snore. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then um, a couple of years ago, we had a house fire, and like we woke up in the middle of the night, and mm-hmm. our house was on fire. Yeah. That's that's shitty that's terrifying um, that's i've never had that happen yet. yeah that's a it's a pretty i don't want that to happen to everyone anyone you know mm-hmm. no one should have to go through that but uh should you i've been a person who has had like depression and anxiety my entire life mm-hmm. but um that experience set me up with some like extra classic ptsd <laughs> I'm like, like yeah, I'm, I'm, mil- is, I'm milking this we one. Got the We're stuff. Gonna- <laughs> like, I'm not sleeping. I'm waking up in the middle of the night. Like my fight, flight or freeze responses are all yeah. going. And so I had really like pandemic hit about three years after that. And I was like, I am starting to feel like a normal person again. Oh, this is no. awesome. And then stuck in my house by myself, mm-hmm. all my anxiety stuff just, just came like screaming back in. Like, I don't know if you have any anxiety problems, but... Um, I mean, anxiety is always a problem. Yes, but... What do you say? Like the um, the thing where your body is giving you signals that don't respond to the stimulus. And mm-hmm. like, I was just... that That's something that's just weird, like weirdly difficult for me to self-regulate like, while I'm by myself all oh, the time. Okay. Do, you, do you usually need like people around to kind of regulate it, help you regulate I it? I didn't know that I did, but apparently I do. Well, I don't even think it's necessarily... Uh, not to, you know, dismiss you having that, but I think people in general need people around to kind of exercise their social socialization like they just need to yeah ha- ha- have some sort of 
fucking exercise be and normal never communicate. something that came naturally to me like i was always like a quiet kid and all that stuff so like i feel like it's something that i have to practice maybe more than other people do like people where like those social situations come more naturally it definitely comes easier for some people yeah like i um I don't know if it comes easy for me at all. I think uh, I'm usually terrified until I can make someone laugh. So the quickest thing to make them laugh is jumping in to the conversation, anxiety like or not. The you know? quickest, the quickest route to a laugh so that the ice is broken. Mm, should I make so fun of them or me? You know, just <laughs> how am I gonna fuck <laughs> like, this situation this? up? <laughs> you gotta give them a real quick read. Like, yeah. Can they take it? Okay, yeah. no, it's on me. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, if they can't take it, I just write them off anyway. I'm like, wow, I didn't know you were yeah, a fucking oh, pussy. Great. All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> going over, going over to a new crowd. <laughs> um, I, I had a. I'll do things where I'll jump into arguments that people don't know we're having, and I'll start. I'll cut them off, and I'll go. You know what? That you know where that word comes from? I had this. I because the word pussy came up just now. Uh, I jumped down my girlfriend's throat one time because she started to say something about like oh that's so ridiculous you know how i don't know she she tried to equate i'm totally butchering this she's gonna be like texting me like that's not what i fucking said asshole but in other words let me slow it down here let me let me articulate i was gonna pitch in but uh the, thing, in, the thing that i had to say was uh, about my partner and i mm-hmm. have promised myself that i wouldn't um tell stories about him on the internet so yeah. I, I can't save you because D- then stay over there <laughs> zip it lady i got this covered it's my show here we go okay um uh, yeah let me mansplain something to you all right okay uh i can ladiesplain some shit to you too <laughs> all right um, turnabout is fair play yeah exactly yeah uh, so, so she, I think she was just trying. I assumed she was gonna say, "Oh, that's ridiculous that like pussy is equated as something weak. Women are, you know, women are strong. Like vaginas, those are really strong things, general organs." And I was like, Do you, "And I did." She didn't get any of that out, but in my head, she said all of that Tumblr shit right to my face. And she was, I already had like a file open. I was like, I'm in the same file cabinet. We're doing this. Jumped down her throat, and I was like, "You know that that word? That word comes from." Pussy cat, like cat, you're scaredy cats. That's why they call people pussies. And then someone along the lines just started blurring the fucking lines. And now, if you're a woman, you're a pussy. If you're a guy, you're a pussy. If you're a feminine guy, you're a pussy. You're not a scaredy cat. They forgot. Pussy lost its way. So, pussy power is what I'm saying. I it defend depends. the word. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of uh, colloquialisms yes. and oh. like esoteric language. I'm like a huge fan. So like you can say the word colloquialisms that I, easily. So. I understand that. Like I understand why people get mad, um, and that you like you need to know, like be a little bit aware of what you're doing with language, um, and be cognizant of the fact that something you're saying could offend someone, or that. Um, that um your opinions are flavored by your perspective you know and so um like it's important to know what language is appropriate for um talking about someone particularly someone that's different than you but there's just so much like fun shit like i'm a you know ain't gonna yeah yeah, mama yeah songwriter so like that kind of stuff and like just there's so much like language is fun and it's always evolving and so like you just gotta you just gotta breathe with it let it pulsate i get the i get the tumblr deal i do but 
like I understand both perspectives, and like I think that. Um, so you're normal, is what you're saying? I'm, I'm normal. Oh, sorry. I guess so. No, I I feel like I'm <laughs> excessively attached to to saying things um, in the most roundabout way possible, using really weird words <laughs> that no one understands. Like I got this covered. You won't understand it, but I'll feel better about the whole situation. Just let me let me spit this at you. There will be 20 minute notes so that you understand how I how I put something. But that's good. Mm-hmm. I well I like someone who is willing to go into detail about the way they feel about things because most people are so vague and then just out of nowhere they'll jump down your throat for the way you talk or the way you communicate and then they're like like i draw the line at someone telling someone else how to live like i i get that you don't like how i talk but i've also always spoke this way not that i can't improve adjust and grow but you're not going to change like the delivery system yeah i think it's I think there's a difference between saying, hey, I feel this way about what you said yeah, versus, hey, you need to do X, Y, Z. Yeah. And you can't do this. You have to do this. You need to do this. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's just about how you approach what you're asking people to do. It's like, hey, think about me in this perspective. And. I have to keep an open mind because I know that maybe they do mean the kinder way. They just aren't saying it that way. Because oftentimes I'll jump down people's throats for jumping down other people's throats, so to speak. You know, where they're trying to control the way people live their lives and they're using very uh, absolute language. Yeah, and I think we are in a time of soundbite culture where, like, everything has to be able to be, like, condensed down to, like... A sentence and that is the rallying cry of the thing mm-hmm. whereas it's like i could talk about something i care about on a podcast for three hours and still not like completely get all my ideas and thinking and like internal contradictions and stuff about a, a topic out like you um to contradict is human yes and self-contradiction is part of growth but you need to be aware of it like if you're like okay wow like i it's like if you call yourself out on your bullshit then other people don't have a chance to do it first that's the beauty of having this podcast is i can hear the fucking foot going into my mouth and then i can tell you how it tastes you know you're like mm, foot <laughs> you're like listen this toenails always look like that I, i'm oh i want you to know i know that too I got too deep in that metaphor. I don't. Yeah, know. I hope, I I hope there's about, no foot fetishists that are like cranking the volume up. Like, tell me more. I was just thinking about like quarantine pedicures and how I haven't seen my feet and I don't even. Yeah, I'm just not going there. <laughs> You're not going there. You almost topic went there. Shift. Topic shift. We can shift the topic. Um, well, thank you for telling me how your quarantine was or Oot. your pandemic began. Whew. That was fun. I it felt good to get some of those things out. You may not have. Good quality pandemic bitch. Yeah. Ah, fucking A. That's really what this show is, is just me bitching and try and bitching at people for being bitchy. Cool. Just like, okay. oh, what are you people complaining on the internet? Like, I have my own show. At least I'm, <laughs> I have a platform. To, I, there's some respect to how I do it. I want to complain long form. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. That's really <clears throat> what this is. I mean, I tried to start it as like a way to hang out with my friends because I was always so busy. And then the pandemic hit and I was like, oh, we're not, we're still... We're not hanging out? Fuck, okay. <laughs> yeah. Do you f- feel weirdly obligated to, like, try to schedule time to do nothing with friends? I feel like that's the worst. Like, just to hang? Yeah. 
So I am really bad at like planning to do nothing in any context. So like, I'm always like, Hey, I've got this thing that I'm working on and I want you to come yeah. help me with this thing. But yeah. then also I wonder if feel- I'm like using people for content. I was going to, I was going to yeah. say, do you feel like you're just piling on, like giving them like, Oh, Hey, uh, I think, you know what? I, I'm not, I was going to say maybe that's just part of the human condition, but I think it's kind of like you said, like it's a soundbite culture. I think so many people are like, well, if we're not hustling and providing something for the internet to look at, clearly we're not doing enough because it's a strange way. People find excuses to live a life that they can document instead of living a life that they can just hang out and do nothing. Yes, but I have never been a person who hung out and did nothing. So it's kind of like everyone's getting on my on board with my with okay. my vibe okay so i'm okay. like we all have hustle now yeah well i know Chill. it's funny because i've always done nothing i was very lazy unproductive um i, I didn't see yeah. i'm kind of jealous of that like i'm learning to do nothing well see i'm jealous because i don't have much to show for it it took me years to be like maybe i should you know you know do some sit-ups damn do it something <laughs> yeah no i'm you know completely unabashed overachiever um, so, and I do, I'm a lazy procrastinator, pinup modeling. I do visual art and wow. I have a band and there was a long time when, um, people just assumed I was going to pick music or art because those are both, is it, was it the color of your full-time passions? Well, that's, back then, or is that new? That's new. <laughs> I had, I had like an Afro in the really? early, yeah. Oh my God, dude. Afros belong on everyone. Well, I definitely had a like I want to look like a guy from a band in the seventies kind that's, of that's thing happening cool. when I was a teenager. Hell yeah, yeah. I was in uh, a very awkward but awesome band um, with Jacob Cole on guitar uh-huh. and um, what was it called? A couple of other fabulous folks. Escapist. 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 That's the name of a skate shop. You know that? Yes, I. You did. did? In, in retrospect, it wasn't at the time. I don't think. Uh maybe it was how long goes this band escapist isn't that old or new yeah i mean we were i can't believe you knew that yeah i mean (laughs) you gotta google your shit man that's so true dude you know how many times i was like all right dallas bronson show isn't working we gotta so uh my my band uh the luck we were for a long time me and anna as a duo um we did we renamed our band because at the time that we named our band the luck like 2010 or something there was another band in the uk called the luck who had a facebook page they they didn't have any albums out they didn't have any (laughs) stuff we're like we're cool right yeah and then you know panda eight years later and we're about to put out an album we're like okay these guys beat us to all of this stuff we need to change our name and it was sort of a natural break in the project anyway um because um we were bringing other musicians in and moving stuff around and we kind of um, were changing the focus of the project. So it's like, okay, it might be a good time to rename the band anyway, but we kind of had to because, and then there were so many names that I wanted that were already taken. Like, do you remember any? Uh, I would love, I would love to have a band called Earhart. Like that would be so cool. Like Amelia Earhart. Yeah. That's pretty like, cool. I love, um, I'm kind of obsessed with like, um anti-heroes and like oh you're on the right show you are on the right creatures um so like amelia Earhart, db cooper like all those people like i love that shit yeah so 
um, Everett Roos. Do you know who he is? That sounds familiar. I know that name. Absolutely. So um, he was super young in California during mining times. And I, okay. He, um, all ringing a bell. He traveled around on foot and he um, made these amazing woodcuts and paintings and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he sent them home to his family. And then he disappeared. Oh, shit. And no one fucking knows what happened to him. Like, they've they've thought that they've, like D.B. Cooper, they've thought that they've found him mm-hmm. a couple of mm-hmm. times, and it hasn't been. Um, but yeah, Everett Roos, he's, so there's an amazing song by. I can um, tell you what happened to him right now. Yeah? He had some gold. Someone's like, I'm, I'm going to fucking take that gold. This is mine now. Yeah, and you're getting biffed him over the head. The, or he like in the, fell down into a ravine or something. Yeah, he got ate by a bear. It's like, this gold's right next to my salmon, bitch. Yeah. But uh, there's a great Americana song about him um, by Dave Alvin that's super cool. So it's like exactly okay. my jam because oh, yeah. it's a super dense storytelling Americana song. Good. I, You know what? And I had no idea that and... that's the kind of music... Go ahead. Um, <laughs> like, and I'm not finished, Alice. It's about a famous disappeared guy that no one knows. It. So I'm like, this yeah. is the best. It's the best. Fuck yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I had no idea really what kind of music your band, Angie and the Nightmares, was. And yeah. I listened to everything on the band camp last night. And I was like, holy shit, this is great. Cool. I was pleasantly surprised. What do you like? Um, I like a lot of shit. Um, I don't like music that doesn't have instruments, though. So if it's... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like pop music, synth, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of synth heavy music, usually don't care for. I like, cool. I, I like distortion. I, like, I actually, it was a little bit more of a self serving question. What do you like about my music? Oh, I'm so listener? sorry. Oh, okay. Um, <clears throat> um, lyrical content's great. The storytelling aspect to it, um, just the music in general. I'm really not much of a like fucking connoisseur of music mm-hmm. by any means. So I couldn't even tell you something like. No, I, I, identifying. It's just interesting to get like a cold read. Well, I was just gonna, I was just gonna say, I have, I have a question. I was like, what yeah. is, uh, how would a person ideally enjoy your music? Like, what kind of feedback from someone would be like perfect? So, you know, what you case. just said is exactly what I'm after: the story. Okay. Um, and um, the difference between well. Storytelling has always been my focus, but I understand that not everyone relates to music that way. Yeah. Like, you kind of are a story person or you aren't a story person. I know. How many pop songs have stories anymore? Well, and the thing that bothers me is that um, choruses and verses don't match. They took something that sounded really cool and then they just kind of shoehorned it in there and it, it drives me insane. Like, there needs to... I, I don't care how abstract a narrative is or if it's like really vague or weird. Mm-hmm. Like I love that kind of thing because I'm completely incapable of doing it. Like my I, st- I, I love when I have no fucking idea what you're talking about I'm like, what? in a song. What? And you have to try to understand it. And I feel like I will never be that kind of songwriter. Like maybe I'm more opaque than I think. But for me, it's like, oh, it's dead obvious exactly what I'm talking about here. Maybe just like take a fucking edible and then make no sense. No, no. So I still couldn't do it. It would be like some kind of narrative about the experience that I was having. That's good. That's so yeah. cool, though, because uh, some people... Some of my favorite songwriters in general, just the storytelling aspect to it really is, it, it, the song is about something. You wrote something, There's, uh, it's either non-linear or linear, and the narrative is so important. Like my favorite musician, Nick uh, Cave, you know, all of his songs are stories. Yeah. The Vegas songs 
are just that fucking can you hear that garbage truck everyone <laughs> sorry i left my window open i guess today's trash day um yeah uh, even his vague songs the uh, he tells them in a storytelling way where i'm like i there's clearly a beginning and end to this and i'm i'm in it i need to know i'll go back i'll read the lyrics like that's something i really like about music uh, with the story is like I need to know how to understand this movie, this song, whatever this is. So I gotta really pay attention. You're like get the thing. It demands your attention. Yeah, I like that kind of thing. And so, so that would be you know the ultimate thing for me. Sorry, um, re-ask your question so that I can actually answer it and not ramble the fuck out. Yeah. Well, I think my question was how would someone ideally? Hold on. Wait for this cocksucker to drive by. He's actually a sweet guy. Um, <laughs> um, how would a, how would a person I how would you ideally have a person enjoy your music? What would their feedback be? Um, well, there's kind of two aspects to that. There's like interacting with the recordings, like listening to the story, like yeah. really engaging with that, and then um, enjoying a live show. And we're really working towards trying to get um, like. Because I'm so story driven, I'm trying to do things like. <laughs> I thought it was gonna get quieter. It just keeps getting louder. It came, louder. He came back. He's like, "Oh, I forgot to ruin another minute it's of the like podcast." Doing the other side of the street. <laughs> um. So, um, my like recent thing that I'm working on improving is making my um my storytelling a little more um easy to understand so sometimes um i i why use one word when 10 words will do yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so there are places where i need to um simplify repeat myself make things a little more hooky um to get people who aren't like immediately lyrically engaged into the story a little more okay and the same like and that is specifically for live performance because it's like um or telling a story at the beginning of the song and then doing and the song then doing the song yeah. is a way that you can get people to engage with it um but then you're slowing the momentum of the show down yes and no but it's okay. like um um you're like this is a song about teenage sex mm -hmm. and then you do it yeah. and th like that like it gives people an excuse to listen like part of the reason i'm on podcasts right now yeah. is like to try to get people to care about what i'm like the stories that i'm telling in my songs yeah, and that was the question i was going to ask what are the stories behind these songs because just reading the lyrics i obviously have no context but they're i you know it's just one of those things like i need to know i have the fucking chance to sit down and talk to you did you write the lyrics who wrote most of the lyrics did you sing on every song what was the you know um I do write most of the lyrics most mm -hmm. of the time. Um, like everything that's recorded out there is my lyrics. Um, some of the music was written by other band members um, mm -hmm. at this point. Um, and probably our next record will have uh, music and lyrics written by other band members because we have new people and cool. stuff is changing around a little bit. But yeah, um, the thing I'm learning to do recently is um, like lyrics and story and um, front person stuff is my deal yeah everything else 
I can like let other people do because they're better at it than yeah. me. Like things like arranging or <laughs> Angie, don't get in the way. We have arrangements to do. Right, but also like there was a part of me that like wants to do everything myself and like have yeah. control over every little aspect of something. And so it's like we have all agreed that story is my department, and everything mm-hmm. else like is allowed to be a little more That's nice. fluid. Do you write the lyrics before you write the songs? Generally, yes. Wow. Um, like Bold. I driver i have been a commuter for big chunks of my life which is something that i don't have right now and so i will be like driving and i will think about um like i love like observational comedy as a concept Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. a lot of my music is kind of like i think it comes from that same place like where you're like huh like you see people interact in a way and you like you see a thing happen or I will often notice an emotional reaction to a situation in myself and be like, huh, that's interesting. And then kind of like take that observation home with me and like explode it out into a whole story. So it's like, like, oh, I saw saw this thing happen or like this one. You don't pull over and have to write it down or anything? For a while, I didn't write anything down until it was finished because it was a rule for myself that if it if I couldn't remember it, it wasn't good enough. That's so funny because that's not true. <laughs> but now, <laughs> but now, um, uh, I have to learn a bunch of new stuff for yeah. a bunch of other things I'm doing in my life right now, and I just I don't trust myself to remember. But for a while, um, I was like, no. Like, if I can't remember it, it's not good enough. Like, But your body doesn't care about, like, your mind, like, it doesn't care about your artistic endeavors. You have to write these things down. You know when someone says, oh, I forgot, it must not have been important. It's like, yes, no, your brain no. just wants, your body just wants to go well, eat, fuck, and sleep. Like there's Some, some background information please. that gives you context for this particular thing okay. is that, um, um, me and my dad specifically like we grew up playing music together and stuff and um we both have a brain that anything that rhymes will be stuck in there forever just for fucking ever so like uh my dad and i could sit down and tag team entire dr seuss books that's so cool like we could just we just lay them out that's awesome but it's because our, our brains work that way so that anything that rhymes is gonna get like permanently stuck in your head. Oh yeah, head. big disclaimer. I am no neuroscientist or anthropologist. I don't know how people work. I just assume that your brain does not care about your artistic endeavors. It, well, like <laughs> that's, that's specifically like from a neuroscience perspective, there mm-hmm. are some things about songs that like there is a part of your brain that decides whether something is important enough for you to to remember and stick into your long-term memory. Hmm. Um, and I believe, not a neuroscientist, but I believe it's a um, it's a subconscious thing. So mm-hmm. like y- your brain is deciding that, but songs specifically circumvent that part of your brain. Like you have no choice as to whether or not to remember them. Wait. Yeah. So, say that slower for my stupid head. It's big, there's nothing in so, there. So... <laughs> So, um, there's a part of your brain that decides what to keep and what yeah. to throw yeah, out. Okay, okay. Uh, but yeah. w- w- what is the song part? Do? Right. So, um, that process, deciding what to keep and mm-hmm. deciding what to show out, does not apply to songs. 
So they they just they just go directly to the long term storage. So if you've heard a song before, you go, oh, I've I've fucking heard this song before. Yeah, like I mean, some of them are hookier than others. Yeah, and there's specific things that you can use to trigger that. Like what? So, um, like repeating words immediately after each other is something that does that and then also um setting up a pattern and then subverting that pattern okay so um oh god what's his name it's little howard little howard and big howard do you know who they are no. super weird um british comedic team with quotation marks around it um okay. so um big howard is a dude yeah. and little howard is a cartoon and okay. they little howard is a comedian and yeah. He gets controlled by Big Howard when nice. they perform. So they do they do songs and stuff. They had a TV show, um, British TV. Um, so basically, it's this little kid who's animated, and then he has the, the voice of a very crusty adult. Yeah. Um, it's fabulous. That's it's nice. great. But they have a song called Haberdashery. Nice. And it specifically does this thing where it's like you set up a pattern. He just repeats a bunch of nonsense words, and it's like it's like one word, one word, one different word back to the first word one word one word and then like it changes mm -hmm. every time and mm -hmm. so like they set up a pattern and then yeah. they screw with that pattern okay. and the function of that song specifically is mm -hmm. to get fucking stuck in your head because those motherfuckers uses, yeah and it's super annoying like look it up at your own peril uh little howard have dashery but that is its function and it i does know it that i'm gonna think about this song until i listen to it and both options are stuck in my head now it has the word GNU in it. Which, GNU? GNU. Like? Like the, um, I'm doing a hand gesture, yeah. um, wildebeest type dude. Huh. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. There's a picture in the video on YouTube. You will know after you watch the oh video. Oh my God. I'm already mad at you. Uh -huh. Okay. <laughs> but like this kind of thing is the, I, I can't remember how we got into this stuff getting stuck in your head narrative. So not remembering shit. Not remembering shit. So this is interesting. Stuff how I like remembered. this is yeah, you did very nice. <laughs> Woo! Remy. Podcast for the win. Um, but so specifically, like stuff like that. I say specifically a lot. I was just editing video of myself talking. I'm like crap. Do you say specifically instead? No, I don't. Specifically? I don't specifically. I have tried to completely reform myself of my grammar Nazi ways because I realized uh, much like with colloquialisms, if the intent is clear and I know what word you meant to say, I don't even need to fucking uh, correct you. Yeah. But a... my girlfriend does not believe in this. She does not let a single sentence of mine get through without making fun of me. She's like, did you just say it? absolutely like you know like there's nothing that gets past her i i so i've learned that like oh wow i was an asshole i couldn't let anyone like, speak I need to let them just say to, things. sometimes you care sometimes you don't care and there's a point where you just, just yeah if you, if you say the word so wrong it changes the function of the sentence because you said the different word I, I'll, I'll put my hand in your face it stopped. I think You're, there are people who, who read a lot more than they talk and they just don't know how to say shit. <laughs> well, and that's another thing. Have you read that? Oh, if you've learned how to pronounce a word by reading it instead of just learning the word, that it's not incorrect. It's actually like a 
more respectable way. Like I would never be like, oh, you say um, patronize instead of patronize, and you mean the other. Different pronunciations. They're said the fucking totally different way. It's spelled the same. I'm not going to get mad at you. I know what you yeah. mean. You know what I mean? Yes, Sorry. I do. <laughs> that was annoying. <laughs> I know what you mean. You know what I mean? Uh, I do. Okay. I love words. I would get wordplay tattooed on my knuckles if I could bear to get tattoos anymore. Tattoo, hand tattoos are such a long-term commitment to you. You got to maintain them. I, but I like that you can just like get them uh, rubbed off from living life. It's a cool look. They don't rub off evenly though. It's a, I'm a, I'm a total tattoo snob. Please forgive. That's fine. I know someone who's really angry at you listening to this. I think my girlfriend has like five finger tattoos. Looks <laughs> like she gets them touched up periodically. She well, got them touched up, but honestly, they, they I've never I've never seen someone's tattoos on their hands stay as much as hers. Nice. So I don't know what she's doing, but I, I think she's fucking getting them touched up like on the low, on the DL. <laughs> I know. I was. I was just about to get some and I was like, I can't do it. I can't mean, I can't. I've been I've, to going I, in I, every year for the rest yeah, of my life. Cause I'm, yeah. cause mm-hmm. I will, they will bother me if they break down. So. Yeah. I, I have, I've walked into many tattoo shops and brought up finger tattoos. They've all said the same thing. Like this is a high traffic area. They basically talked me out of getting them. So like, cool. Well, bye. I'm done. I don't need it. I don't need your tattoo. I don't think I'm going to get any more tattoos. I think I got way too many way too soon and i don't like any of them i'm sorry i like i like them but i don't like that they're on me i guess the question is like do you understand where you were coming from like the thing that i always (laughs) think about when i get a new tattoo or i'm thinking about one is like will future me be compassionate to present me and my reasons for getting this tattoo they're almost all music tattoos and i am not musical I but just like liked it. Music fandom tattoos? Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah. Like, I, I, und- I, I have, understand I have the regret. A Cure tattoo, an ACDC tattoo, a Misfits tattoo, a Ramones tattoo. It hurts me Kill so me. badly. It looks, I look like the, what is it, like the the most basic, like rockabilia.com, like all the t shirts on the front. I have all those tattooed somewhere on my body. That makes me like perversely happy but i'm also i also feel slightly sorry for you yeah right it's just kind of like ah, i always have to look at it and it's the tattoos that don't mean shit like have nothing behind them people like I'm like thank you i mm-hmm. i had to I, I don't know i don't want to talk about tattoos anymore okay that was literally just me being self-indulgent stop yeah. i was i was i was just making fun of you for uh for music related tattoos and i realized i have johnny cash lyrics tattooed on my feet so those are cool i would get johnny cash lyrics that's he's immortalized he's dead he's not gonna fuck up and we're not gonna find out he was like diddling kids or something like he's gone we're good dust is dust ash to ash he lyrics the, um, on my body the shit has already been aired yeah yeah so that's totally cool i i think that's a respectable route what tat uh what lyrics did you get because you're mine i because walked the line they're on my feet Oh, that's awesome. On your feet. That's a great place to get them. Yeah. I have, I don't want to be buried in a pet cemetery tattooed on my arm. I do kind of love that. Though. I fucking love that song. And I actually love this tattoo. When I said I don't like all my tattoos, I was kind of full of shit because. It should be somewhere <laughs> where you can see it though. Like. Well, that's the thing. I don't want anyone to talk to me about my fucking tattoos. I just realized that, you know, that that's annoying. 
someone's like, what does your tattoo say? I'm like, it, it was covered for a reason, you know? I don't know. It, yeah. I mean, I... It, I it, it says, until my shirt's off, it's none of your damn business. Sorry you saw the bottom of it. Right. Well, I, I'll, I'll one-up you there because I have um, stocking seams tattooed up the backs of my legs with oh, yeah. big bows on them. Uh, and someone like, hey, can I see the top of those? Yep. Really? Oh yeah, all the time. Yeah. I thought that was just like some dumb pervy time, thing someone says. Yeah, no, it, it gets. It how gets... how often are you like seeing right through it, and then how often are you like, oh yeah, of course. Let me show you. Let me show you the back of it. I I always know that it's a thing, but yeah. sometimes the situation is right, and they get to see them. It's fine. That's cool. Well, yeah, yeah. like you said, you do pinup or like the yeah, co- have, competitions. Yeah. So that's like you're like, oh, of course, this is why they're here to see them, right? Yeah, I mean, that's actually, the appropriate setting for it. That particular tattoo, I used um, a gift certificate that I won in a pinup competition to oh, get that wow. tattoo. Full circle. So, yeah, it's like, it's like this is my pinup tattoo. Like I earned it through pinupage. So do you like rockabilly music and psycho? Yes. Do you like psychobilly? Yeah, I do. Fuck. See, I love all that shit. I love psychobilly. For the longest time, like that was the kind of band I wanted to have. That's awesome. Like I had no idea. I was watching the Tennessee music video and I was like getting those yeah. vibes and I was like, yeah. damn, love that song by the way. I love Tennessee. Um, Thank you. We could cool we music could video talk and stuff. About it if um, you want. I don't. I mean, it has don't, trains in it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there was a train that <laughs> I think I recognize that fucking <laughs> museum. Um, but I, when I say I love Tennessee, I mean that was the only other state that I visited for any long period of time, other than California. So I liked it. I had a good time there. Um, nice. Witness the song. But um, yeah, so I, f- I love psychobilly music. Yeah. And that it's like, was, it might be a guilty pleasure just in the sense that so many people make fun of it now. And like rockabilly culture is like parodied on for, for like younger people, like people younger than me. They're like already like jumping the gun, like talking shit about it. I don't know anything about that because like, you're spared for a long time. It was my it was my deal, you know. Like when I found that scene, I was like, "Oh Hell my yeah. god!" There's like super fierce ladies who, um, like, um, I don't have the physique to be a punk chick. What does that mean? There's like that, that like skinny boyish aesthetic. Like you wear oversized oh, yeah. stuff and skinny pants. Like the vibe mm-hmm. like doesn't work for me. Like obviously there's other stuff, but like the classic iconic like punk chick look. Yeah. Um, okay, that's okay. just not how I'm built. So like when I met rockabilly ladies for the first time, I was like, here's a scene where you're like allowed to be as big as you actually are. Yeah. And curves yeah. are a plus, a plus plus sizes plus. Yeah. And, um, you're like super feminine, but also really fierce. Like there's a lot of things about it that really, really resonated. Yeah. And me you have John Waters me. festivals to go to the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> the thing about like, rockabilly and psychabilly is that it's just it's a little too constricting for me like i creatively yeah yeah i used to like want I, to, I have to write another song about a fucking werewolf are you kidding me well i don't have any so it's still it's still that i mean i'm I, just gonna bring up psychabilly references because i listen to zero rockabilly it's all psychabilly nice. that's what i mean i'm sorry uh, yeah. Well, my stage name is Angie Nightmare because Necromantics, Technicolor Nightmares. That's okay. That's well, why. you know what? And I didn't get into Necromantics. To me, they were too new. That was like too okay. current. Okay. I like Demented Argo, Batmobile, The Meteors, that kind okay. of shit. Have you seen The Meteors live? I've never seen any Psychobilly live ever. Um, 
band ever in my life. Most of it is so much better live. I, I'm not surprised. Um, I don't think Demented Argo is better live. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Um, there's like a... Uh, everybody dressed to the nines, but also getting really sweaty aspect to that's a psychedelic yeah, show that I fucking, really love. Yeah. Like the the rockabilly thing there can be a little bit um too much of a stick up people's butts like like people get dressed and then they like don't move oh is that you here push that thing up why does that one do that here let me stop this real quick there we go oh geez that looks crazy on my recording i don't know what these things the are called of the thing yeah the, it was like the graphy thing i don't yeah. know what it is um, yeah the graphy thing exactly graphy thing. what's the people have a stick up with their butt about what with rockabilly rockabilly oh you just like everybody's like so put together and like mm-hmm. the scene is the scene and we don't yeah. talk to those psychobilly people like that kind oh, of thing really? oh there was there was definitely like a, like, like a split when the scene was big enough there was definitely like a little bit of an antagonism like that's funny rockabilly people are purists yeah. yeah. Well, and, and like Psychobilly has and has such a punk influence that there's no way, way that there wasn't some sort of ironic purism in in idealism in Psychobilly as well. They just didn't realize it. I bet those wires weren't crossing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. punk is the so has complete completely gone 180 to where it's never allowed. You're never allowed to be anything but exactly what they stand for. Are you a dwarves fan? Uh, yeah, I, I, I've, I've listened to some dwarves. Yeah. So uh, there's a, a song called Massacre on uh-huh. the last album. I really, really got into them. For them. But it's like a hip hop track. And oh, okay. It's like it's a hip hop nice. track about how punk rock is dead. That's from cool. the dwarves. It's great. Wow. It's great. OK. Uh, I, cool. I love when people tell me about songs. and I get to check them out after the uh, show. I, I want to do I want to start cataloging all the books, movies and songs that people bring up in the podcast because it's something to give the listeners a, like a uh, direct like a little glossary to check like, things this out is the, this is the links in the doobly-doo mm-hmm. exactly so i'm gonna write that down dwarves let's say that's how it's spelled massacre all right dastardly rhymes get blow <laughs> there we go okay okay cool anyway so i got i'm getting a playlist going over here fun of queens of the stone age i think good it's all I, kinds of fun stuff anyway I, I like queens of the stone age because i feel like they can make fun of themselves so someone making fun of queens of the stone age is uh, nice and meta i appreciate good that good times yeah where are we gonna go from here where are we gonna segue go from that. that's okay we're uh, talking about songwriting I've and stuff to, i've used the restroom again okay i'm a fucking i have the tiniest bladder in the world i think I think we could have a competition between you and Aaron, my guitarist. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back, guys. Okay, and now we are. Now we're back. Woot! So, um, so yeah. Here, let me ask you some questions here, because I know you have a fucking album to promote and a release and a band I, I and do, all this good stuff. It's my goal to make at least one point on this podcast. So your band is Angie and the Nightmares, and you have a new album called girl talk girl talk and it is available for pre-order now i will get you the link um but it will release on august 28th august 28th cool and the pre-order you could get a digital album for seven dollars and then you have that really cool um it's like um like it's a it's a thing yeah Um, it's really cool it's a fucking nightlight artist book yeah oh look at i have it wow i can make noises on mic with it nice 
um, is like a little kind of tea light pillow fort. And I mean, it's so fucking cool to like actually have something to give the consumer to. Yeah. Because and, the, everything's just so digital and just so like and uh, easy to consume and just. And wow, there you go. Look visual at, artist as well, packing packaging <laughs> person. So like making a thing is important to me, but we're also like I'm not gonna put out vinyl like that. Yeah. It's kind of not our jam right now. We don't have the budget for it, so it's kind of. It's a little thing. I don't know anyone who listens to vinyl that isn't a complete asshole. I mean, <laughs> I do, and they aren't complete assholes. But I'm, I, I know. I'm. I'm just. They have a kidding. brand, you know. Yeah. They're. You're into vinyl. You aren't. I would be a vinyl person, but um, I don't have the budget for it. Yeah. I. I, I know people who spend. Wow, that's so cool. Cool little freaking. It's like a tiny music festival, mm-hmm. or. Like for awesome. for intro- for, Take a picture for of introverts, that. of course. Um, and then uh, it's like watch it around, sweetheart. Yeah, it's like um, is it like a thing for stoned introverts to to find at parties when they're like, what the hell am nice. I doing here? Oh, this is so cool. So yeah, yeah. Beautiful. I love that little angle I got. Not to brag, everyone. Hold yeah. on, I'm taking a pic, folks. Just. It photographs it. really well. I'm not to brag on my end. But yeah, it really know. does. That's so true. There you go. So nice. yeah, it's a little thing. So you can get it as a thing if you like tangible things, or you can get it as a download if you're like, I have way too much stuff. Oh mm. my God, I just did the quarantine de- declutter. Oh, I know. I'm moving, so I have to declutter everything. I moved so much shit off this desk and off that chair and off this chair. This is the cleanest my room's been all year. And it's still cluttered. Congratulations. So. I, uh, like, Mary condo the crap out of my house. That's cool. I uh, have a real difficult time reading subtitles and not going to sleep. So I was like, mm, you're going to have to take a back seat before I get into cocaine, Marie Kondo, because I can't focus. There's a bunch of really great um, synopsis videos you can find on YouTube. That sounds disgusting. Mm-hmm. That sounds like someone's ruining her by making it American and in English. You can also um, get like her book in audiobook form and then just listen to it while you're doing crap. I might do that. I love audiobooks. Me too. Yeah. What do you, do you, are you listening to one right now? Ooh, I'm listening to like five right now. I love uh, detective stuff. Like oh, okay. Anything, uh, anything mystery genre is totally my jam. I don't know if I've ever read anything mystery <sighs> book-wise. Well, I could give you a reading list if you'd like. <laughs> There's like the like hard-boiled detective, yeah. like Maltese Falcon style stuff, which is great. Yeah. It, it translates really weirdly into audiobook form because it's all... The same person. Really sparely written. Oh. Um, and so it's... So it's, it's, it's e- super short easy to consume because though. there's like lots of like quick botanage mm-hmm. and stuff um that's what words did you just say botanage? botanage i've never heard that playful banter back and it's forth. called botanage i took botanage. i took film class and yeah. they never said shit botanage botanage i think that we'll have we, we could look it up but she yeah, was a hack it's that's like why. the the back and forthness of it um so that tends to make those types of books really short mm-hmm. <laughs> which is kind of sucks audio wise like lord of the rings is where it's at it's yeah like i know i have the entire hours of- sherlock's sherlock holmes collection it's i think five days long and then every stephen king book is like 16 17 hours long that's great the um 
uh, a lot of Dean Kuhn stuff makes really good audiobooks. Like one of my absolute favorite audiobooks that I like go back to mm-hmm. and re-listen all the time is uh, Life Expectancy. That's by Dean Koontz? Yeah. Um, does he have like a lot of like f- fantastical stuff in his work? I've never read anything by a Dean. Yeah, I... I know that he's got some more straight up horror stuff, but that's kind of not my deal. Um, well, I just steer away from fantasy stuff because I literally cannot have any suspension of disbelief. So he does like the Neil Gaiman, Terry Pratchett thing. What's okay. like mythological realism, I would consider. Okay. So like, yes, sci-fi or fantasy stuff mm-hmm. happens. Okay. But, like, in the books that I like, like, uh, Life Expectancy is about this guy that gets, a, a like, a psychic prediction that he's going to have five terrible days oh, in his life. Weird. And then it, like, unfolds the story about but what happens on all that. The- that sounds nice and accessible, yeah. though. Okay. Well, and the thing that I like about the books that I like from him, like, the Odd Thomas series and Life Expectancy have this great feature in that um, the narrator has a really specific voice and they're like first person narrated Uh and um like so like the character in life expectancy is a baker and he uses lots of food metaphors oh that's funny and then like odd thomas has got like his Uh, own kind of like deal that odd thomas is a dean kuntz story yeah and i love that movie it's book series there's like multiples yeah yeah i mean the movie is imperfect like all movies but if you like the movie you'll love the books okay I just like um, Anton Yelkin, so rest in peace, buddy. This is the longest I've spoken to someone in almost a month. Dude. This feels great. Cool. Not on my throat, but it feels great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just decided we were going to have two practices next week, and I'm like, fuck. I'm like, have two? To, like, good vocal control. Fuck. You know, athletes do what's called two-a-days. I don't know if you've ever been into sports or done anything like that. I haven't. Like, I wish I had been when I was younger and I just never was. I don't know anyone. I don't think I've ever met anyone who hasn't said that they wish they had done sports. Everyone's like, ah, I wish I would have done that. But I thought they were, you know, this or that jocks. I didn't fit in. I was weird as an offbeat crowd. I, you know, didn't want to be associated with that. Everyone I've met. At some point, it's like, yeah, I wish I did something athletic. I wish I did a sport. I wish. And I was like, fuck. I, it really, it is so important. I wish that everyone could have an outlet for it. I mean, I was a dancer. So that, that's, that's kind of the same deal. But like, I wasn't competitive enough when I was younger to like be in sports. And I didn't understand like the good things about a team dynamic, I think, like, yeah, when I was younger. And I th- and also, I, I grew up in a strange area when it, like the whole participation trophy thing started. So I didn't even understand the value of competition because it wasn't really emphasized. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was like, no, you participate and it's fun and it's cool. And I was like, well, that sucks because I don't even get, I'm, I've turns out competition's normal and healthy and it's how uh, people kind of level up themselves yeah and i had no idea how competitive i was i'm looking at these fucking don't look at those mm-hmm, those are just mm-hmm, for show mm-hmm. i bought those medals i didn't yeah, win those got on ebay yeah no one yeah those are ebay <laughs> medals sorry maybe I, maybe i did do sports actually Oops. <laughs> that was late that came way later i was already a fucking yeah. fully grown asshole so yeah but yeah 
uh where were we going with that i don't know who cares yeah cool i don't care i i, I mean i i mean i do care because i i want i want you to say your piece and i want to oh we were talking about my album yeah absolutely yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah so let's get back on track with that so cool. good times um you said before the show began you said there was uh, some feminist vibes to this album and i could have surmised that because it's called girl talk and you know fucking it's 2020 it's if, kind of the through line for all of the songs is they all kind of deal with um so i'm in a nice stable long-term relationship mm-hmm. and so what the fuck do you write songs about when you're in a nice stable yeah. long-term things relationship? are dandy here's my song about randy you know right so it's like um so when i started writing the songs that all became this album i was like thinking starting to think about like okay what what else can i talk about like what else can i do and I was, um, I started, like, I revisited one of the songs I wrote when I was a teenager that I hadn't finished. Cool. And, and so I was like, what, where did this come from? And that put me, so Turnaround, uh, which is one of the singles from the album, mm-hmm. uh, has a little music video out right now on my YouTubes. Oh. Um, but that song, I started writing, like, 15 years ago. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I just heard something recently. Comedians talking about revisiting old jokes, not throwing them away, and then finding out that oh, no one heard that joke that I fucking threw away on a a TV show that never aired. Yeah, I could a lot totally times turn this into a great long bit. Like, yeah, I'd started writing it, and then something about it didn't work. So, like, what about it didn't work? And because, um, I like just wasn't ready. Didn't have a subject matter to write about about what was going on now i'm like okay let's go back to that thing Mm -hmm. um and kind of see if i can make like a better version and the distance from it allows you to be more critical of it be like well that worked yeah that didn't work you've gained so much perspective since then yeah like both on the situation that i was talking about and the emotional headspace that i was in when do i was writing do you want to go into thing. detail about what this song is about so this song is about driving out to the end of i street and making out yeah, yeah. okay um, i street like megalito canyon oh, like okay, all okay, the way yeah, down yeah, yeah. the, the gotcha. makeout spot yeah yeah so um and it's also about um like when you first start to form intimate relationships with people that mm-hmm. like could be romantic could be not romantic they just kind of like there's that like i'm pretty sure this was was my favorite of the singles that i listened to last night like the first time that you like stay up all night talking to someone oh yeah yeah like that's like a big it's a big deal you're like oh my god we're we're vibing this whole thing never got to do that before yeah yeah and so that's like in retrospect that's what that song is about you know and it took me looking back on it from the point of view of being an adult to, to know that that's what that song is about okay um, and so, um, and it's also about like singing in the dark to someone who's like sitting next to me, which will always be my favorite form of musical performance, which, uh, puts when undue weight on the person the that I'm person singing in the to. Passenger seat. Yeah. Yeah. Like whoever, like yeah. I'm like a one-on-one connection is something that's really difficult to achieve musically. And so that's kind of, is that the one with the lyrics that said the best audience is the one right here, yeah. my passenger seat, yeah. something like that. Yeah. That was, that was my yeah. favorite song that I had listened to. So I was working on that song and I started to think about, um, my teenage sexuality mm-hmm. a little bit and yeah. like what it was like as a teenager and what I cared about. Like there's an urgency 
to your sexuality when you're a teenager and there's an urgency to songwriting that kind of comes with that that like angstiness and i was like trying to i was trying to revisit that a little bit i'm like how did i how did i feel like why was it so important to get stuff out immediately like and that i needed to say this shit and so i started thinking about that and um that whole time period when i wrote that song i like um I would go to Morning Glory Music all the time. Oh, that's where I got my first CD. Yeah. And so, and I'd go in and pester the guys that worked there and be like, hi, I'm looking for a song that makes me feel like this. Oh, that's adorable. And then they would send me all this, send me home with all kinds of albums and stuff. Um, And so um, I started to think about that and that kind of segued into writing uh, Nightlight, which is uh, one of the other songs on the album. And it's about um, like on the feminist level Mm -hmm. it's about uh teenage female sexuality and how it's like culturally different than male female yeah than than male teenage sexuality and just kind of what do you mean like it's different do you mean like in a negative way because or are you acknowledging the fact that no they are different experiences so they're going to be different regardless they are different experiences they are going to be different regardless but i think um there's a little bit of a boys will be boys attitude towards the way guys are. And uh-huh. so like, uh, well, yeah, guys just want to get laid. W- women are like, girls just want to get laid too. Yeah. So, but, but so w- people in society will give a perspective of like, you're going to break this girl's heart, but she's like, well, I kind of just want to suck your dick. <laughs> like, yeah. Like the, the, I also this, just like, want to do that. <laughs> there's this preciousness surrounding it. Like if you're so like, that like there's a different sort of pressure like you're supposed to be responsible about it in a different way yeah okay and so that song is about that and it's also about like mistakes that you can make Mm -hmm. and like having really um because i'm a very responsible person and because i um was shy when i was younger and very Mm -hmm. kind of like i'm gonna keep this part of myself for myself there was a lot of like pent-upness to that yeah so um there's a part um, about like writing fan fiction is yeah, in, yeah, in okay, that. Cool. Yeah. Okay, and stuff right like on. that. So yeah. it's like, um, it talks about like having a crush on the record store guys and writing fan fiction. And then if a guy wrote a song about maybe that, doing be shit, a creep. maybe doing shit that you like, you know, maybe regretted a little bit later. Oh, always. You know? And always. so, so that's what that song is about. And it's just kind of like, I like, the sound I'm like of let's it. talk about this stuff. Was that, was that uh, one of the singles? It's not okay. On that. I was like, okay, because I don't think it's it, not out I, yet. I was gonna, I was gonna I send it to you. I'll pre-order it. Yeah, it's like '90s, '90s punk rock style too. Okay, cool. It's like our our pop punk anthem. Nice. Right. So anyway, that nice. that kind of like exploring that and really like going back into those teenage feelings and writing about them, and as an adult, like that felt like a kind of a feminist act. Even though was this, it very was this, it cathartic to get that out. It was fun. Then, then there's also some stuff about like, like wanting to be rescued by Han Solo or some other like chaotic good kind of guy. You know, yeah. like Nathan Fillion is gonna come rescue my ass, man. <laughs> um, and like that, that is kind of a fucked up expectation that you have about how your romantic life is gonna look. Like whether you're a woman or a man, yeah. There's like this, but this is your perspective. Fairy tale aesthetic yeah. of it. It's like, um there's the the rom-com thing and it's just like it's so yeah it's, how, it's not how it works no, not at all. How, and how many manic pixie dream girls did guys fucking invest their mental health into and they turned out just to be a toxic bitch 
and then and vice versa you know you're like me and from an exterior perspective you look like a manic pixie oh, dream okay. girl yeah, yeah. but then like you don't want to be that associated with that yeah you're like, you're like well that's not me but it's the closest thing to me that i can see in a movie that's funny i wonder if i ever what archetype i fell into growing growing up because yeah. i try to be very uh individual reject a lot of like and titles and norms own archetype exactly yeah. so maybe yeah, maybe There's yeah. like, i wonder what kind of fucking remy stop that hey he likes to chew on himself when we're <laughs> recording yeah i don't know like i think about archetypes a lot like mm-hmm. it's what my visual art tends to be about like i love um like art that has to do with like depicting saints and like canons of depiction like these are the yeah. rules by which you um depict this particular character and i'm interested in the way that that sort of functions in modern society and how mm-hmm. it's like present but not present like um how re- people how re- people ignore its value and that like when, it, when you say it's not present recording artists have a brand and like mm-hmm. a visual aesthetic and that kind of thing and like that whole thing is super interesting to me um and like how you choose to present yourself and everything so like I don't know how I came across when I was younger because I'm like, I'm just me. Fuck it. But I'm sure that meant that I did fall into a type, but I don't yeah. know what it was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was probably just, uh, and who knows, it could just be a very typical exercise in rebelliousness that a lot of people have to get out of their system and that a lot of people, you know, all over the world will culturally have different versions of. And that was just our like localized American version, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's I, a- I always try to understand why things were so misunderstood when i was younger why i felt misunderstood and feel like what was actually going on because there's i feel like there's a lot of excuses made i feel like there's a lot of procrastinating i feel like there was a lot of things that kind of subverted me identifying something that could have been really helpful something that could have been really like good to acknowledge so i try to be self-aware that's why i like the podcast i try to be like calling me out myself and my own bullshit because i'm like yeah i didn't when i should have there's a whole like nobody understands me well are you making an effort to communicate yourself well yeah it's like am i the toxic one am i fucking this up is that why i'm yeah you know alien am i the one doing the alienating because if i think about it i'm can make friends i've made friends with anyone all over from jocks to gangsters to everything like it i didn't necessarily discriminate i always had the uh value of comedy of being like the funny one the class clown or being kind of relatable self-aware with people and it always uh dialed back to like but no, i'm not actually like that i'm actually this deep misunderstood weirdo angry asshole artist and like oh and so... i think if i go out doors anywhere in this town i'll see some i'll run into someone i know and i'm like they have a completely different perception of me. What was I? Why was I being such a stubborn fuckface? Yeah, I, I definitely probably like think of myself as a much more like lonely and isolated person than I actually am. Um, which is one of the you great came over here. things of yes, I've left my house for the congrats first time in a week. Uh, I well, had a thread and then it, it that's okay. went again. You would ask me about legends off mic. I did. I legends? well, I had just yeah. I would like to know that was the song on your the If I Fall album that came yes. out in 2018. I was wondering 
if there was any significance to that song. I didn't read the lyrics or anything, but it was the one that I had heard and really kind of stuck out the most. So there's... Was it because it was the catchiest one? What was going on it, there? It is probably... I consider that to be one of my strongest songs. Just okay. sort of like... That's, that's, that's a decent one. Um, but... Um, there's a couple of things going on in that song. Like mm-hmm. a lot of my, I went to art school and there's lots of levels to my shit yeah. sometimes. <laughs> so, um, one on one level, that song is about, um, how I come from a family of like storytellers and people who do a certain amount of like self mythologizing. That's cool. That's cool. So like, um, my family, we all went to see Big Fish when it first came out in the theaters, and it was oh. Oh. right oh, after, no. right after both of my grandpas had died. They both died in the same year, and we saw that movie, and we were just sitting there bawling in the theater, like afterwards. But that whole kind of thing, where like people tell stories about stuff that's happened in their life that makes them like larger than life and you mm-hmm. know there's a certain amount of embroidery there and no one cares because it's just like yeah. beautiful narrative. I always say to people I will never let the truth get in the way of a good story. And I'm getting over that now. Like it, I used to be super attached to what I'm like what I was like whether the story was actually oh. true. Like oh, if I'm telling okay. it like I'm writing a song about my house fire right now and mm-hmm. i just realized that like there was a part of it that was really clunky and i was like no i could just say that instead of that no mm-hmm. it's not strictly true but it's like emotionally yeah. true and it's a cleaner narrative and but legends is sort of about that and it also um wow. it follows like an americana sort of traditional story telling like i love the willie nelson patsy klein johnny cash mm-hmm. like um family narrative kind of genre like where uh family is an okay thing to talk about in your music which is kind of a country and independent hip-hop thing really there's Mm -hmm. like not a lot of other genres that really do that well that's you know that's true that's so weird i don't know a single punk song about family except ramones we're a happy family don't fight i don't want to fight tonight and i mean i feel like there's there's songs about rebelling against your family um but there's there's not like a like and families are complex and your relationships with them evolve over time. So like this specific song kind of addresses that. And so it's like a bunch of little stories about like different things that happen to different members of my family. So each verse is its own little thing. So um, my grandma um, had a near death experience Uh and she will like, she was in a car accident she hit her head and she like, saw the light, went to heaven, met all Mm -hmm. her relatives, that whole thing. And so who knows if this was a head injury thing or whatever, Mm -hmm. but it's something that anybody who spent any amount of time with her has heard. And so that's how the song starts. Um, Grandma went to heaven in a red Mustang is the first line of that song. And then it's also, it talks about how, um, like how she will, tell you about it like and how that's part of like the nature of our family Mm -hmm. and then um there's a verse about my brother who had a spinal cord injury Mm -hmm. and is kind of uh locally famous slash infamous um and like that whole kind of like adventure um slash 
you know, horrible experience, but also how it was kind of being self-mythologized at the time that Lo- it was happening. Yeah, yeah, like locally infamous how? What happened? What you give me uh, a brief rundown? Uh, he's very charming. He okay. used to work at the coffee shop. Okay. Um, and then he, he jumped off the big rocket, Red Rock, and broke his neck. Todd oh. is my brother. I don't know if you no, know him. Okay. I don't. Yeah. So That's... it was funny. Uh, I'm kind of new to this area. Okay. I've only okay. lived here about eight years. Okay. And I don't. So it's been 10 yeah. years since that. But what okay. happened was like, um, it used to be, I played music in town and stuff. And um, people knew who I was. And then my brother would come to shows and stuff. And he'd be like, he was my brother. And then I went away mm-hmm. to college and I came back and like, they're like, oh, you're Todd's sister. Yeah, that's <laughs> funny. Like, it, ch- it changed. I like took changed. my, yeah, because he's maybe more like you where like social things are really his strength, like yeah, that kind of yeah. thing. But um, he's also a little bit of a charming asshole. And so oh, okay. like he's got a reputation for that. Wow. Um, so um, sounds a lot like someone so I'm very self-aware of. Yeah, he also kind of looks like you, which I think I, people would, yeah. Angelina, think, I'm your brother. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm going to pull the mask off. Yeah. You're, you're in this home. Yeah. You're in my home. This would be a different conversation about this song. But, um, um, let's see. And then what was the next verse about after your brother's verse? Is so, yeah, so there's one about my grandma, her accident. That's like all kind of like incidents and accidents. I can't wait to go back and listen to this song with that yeah, kind of background so it's knowledge. Like incidents That's, and I, accidents. This is the so, shit I love. So the first one. Okay, well. Music. Welcome to my music because this cool. is the kind of shit that I do. Nice. And I can talk about it for way too long. Like, I don't feel like anyone wants to listen I'll stop to this. you. It's fine. Cool. Beautiful. <laughs> Podcast host. Um, but yeah, so my grandma, my brother, um, and then there's one that's just kind of like a general catch-all one. So it's about like nice. accidents and injuries. Yeah. And then um, I, uh, the song Tennessee came out of a trip that I took by myself, like right after my brother's accident. There was a point where um, he was, um, he just had his accident and he was about to go into a different hospital and do a bunch of physical therapy and stuff. So I like... I was like, okay, I'm bugging out for a minute. And I bugged out for a week and went to uh, Tennessee, to New Orleans, and just, like, had a time. Nice. And then every song I've ever written since, like, all of the country storytelling songs, they all stem from that one so that cool. one adventure. That so it's like, fun, I had dude. an adventure. That's such a rich, ever flow. Like, it's such a fountain. So that particular, like, then there's, there's like, a little nod to, like, oh, yeah, and I've been in there, and I've done some shit, but I'm not going to talk about it here. Yeah. Like, that's sort of the next verse. But the um, the um, the chorus to that song was, like, a lot We're talking about Tennessee now? T- yeah. No. Um, Legend Legends still. still. Okay, okay. Yeah, she is. I could, too dense. You're going to have to edit me. <laughs> um, no. Sorry. Like, <laughs> this don't, is no explicit. Edits. We yeah. don't do it, man. Um. So, like, um, I was somewhere getting into some shit, and um, someone was with me, and I uh, texted them later, like, after I got home. I was like, hey, so how did that, you know, go down? And the text that I received back was, we are legends, but no one knows our names. And I was like, yes. That's cool. That's where that song came from. Like, that was the seed of that song. I hate that you're not telling me the story behind that, because that sounds really interesting. I tell it to you off mic. That's fine. I'll hold it to you. I have to write it down because I don't know how often you listen to podcasts. Can we but just you, go off you, mic down. I'll tell you. You know what? No, it's fine. Okay. No, I'm gonna wait. I like it. Okay. Uh, God, I mean, if there's another bathroom break going, fucking 
hold on. I cannot write and talk at the same time. Anyways, but I don't know if you listen to podcasts and you hear about them saying, oh, we'll, we'll talk after. We'll talk off mic. In my head, I'm like, they better be writing it down because I know they're going to forget. And then I like get anxiety about them not talking about the thing afterwards. It annoys the shit out of me. I don't know like, if that did they know. did they ever follow up on that thing? Yeah. They have an idea for a TV show. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> we'll talk. That Rogan does that a lot. He'll be like, oh, we'll, "We'll talk after," and we'll I'm like, "If after. you guys didn't, and this doesn't come to fruition, I'm gonna go back to this episode and be really mad. I'm gonna send you the time code and on your Instagram comments that I know you don't read. And I'm gonna bitch." Yeah. But you know. Yeah. <laughs> you um, where did you guys record the album? It was a twofold process. What does um, that mean? Because, um, like, half of the album um, was songs that I worked on um, with Anna Cole, my mm-hmm. prior bandmate, and then mm-hmm. half of the song. You kick her half, out? You were like, I'm sick of you, you're no, out? No, she okay. <laughs> um, needed to handle her shit. Right and on. was like, I've got some stuff to do in my life. Peace. And I was like, I completely Respect. get it. Got yeah. It. Cool. So, um, but yeah, we played together for like eight or nine years. So yeah, she I, put I, in her time. The first time I saw you guys, I think it was at Naughty Oak in San Inez. Oh, nice. Yeah. I was that like, was a shit. dead show. That was, a, well, super I was dead, there. Weird show. Yeah, yes. It was a super dead weird show. Um, but yeah. 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 I remember that. But so a couple of the songs, like some of them mellower songs, mm-hmm. Anna and I went into certain sparks and recorded drums, bass, vocals for. And okay. then um, um, we wanted to do some more session work, and that's not something that Randall's really interested in right now. So um, we went over to Atascadero and recorded with John Bartell from the Creston line. Okay. Um, and he and I have a very similar, like, our goals about what music should sound like are very similar so yeah. like he writes really gritty kind of um grungy americana i would say cool. um like he he calls his music twang pollution because somebody like gave him a diss nice. one time and then he owned it I so like it that's he how writes really heavy metal like, happened. gritty gritty acoustic music cool. um that has a pretty like serious story and there's lots of like family imagery and stuff okay. um his songs all tend to be like about really gnarly like death and suicide and stuff oh, he yeah. just put out a little ep called hell that he wrote in listen in i love all the sounds of this and i want to yes. hear more about it yeah but i know i'm gonna get lost in the weeds trying yep. to talk about it yeah go back to go back to record what you're, yes how so you guys recorded i recorded it. i recorded with him in his studio he's got a little studio um in his lovely, lovely shed in the nice. back of his, uh, in his back 40 there. So mm. we went in and cut all the vocals and we added a lot of stuff. And um, because my songs are super narrative driven and a lot of times I write them um, like in the car while I'm driving and then I will suddenly discover that they're all the same song. Um, <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> um, I do that with jokes sometimes. We do stuff here. You're like, that was the same. Oh, it's the same structure. Same I'm using the formula. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't work. Like part of why you listen to the people that you listen to is because their stuff sounds similar, but you don't want it to be exactly the same. So we went in and kind of pulled different things out. Um, It's like, how can we make this sound different from that? So uh, we got to work with an amazing saxophone player, Laura Fox. She's like slow county famous saxophone player. She's so good. And I was so excited. Mm -hmm. Um, But then we also added a little bit of like keyboards and stuff. And we added some 
uh, banjo and things to just kind of like make nice. different tracks sound different. Fills it in. But one of the coolest things about recording with John is that he and I have very similar ideas about like how we wanted my voice to sound. Um, um, being like a chick musician yeah there's a certain like temptation to make my stuff sound a little too pretty okay and so the rawness yeah. of the vocals was really important to us so that's kind of how we mixed. i was gonna ask you because it didn't sound like like you said like too pretty but it, it really it sounded really cool and i really liked the sound of the vocals and it wasn't what i was expecting and there was a little so was, there was a little bit where we you know yeah that was that's pretty intentional like that we wanted it to be um both like it's important that the album sounds spontaneous like mm -hmm. it's actually like there's there's some mistakes in there and there's some tempo variations and some stuff that just sort of naturally happens and we like that immediacy yeah that kind of like um we wanted it to sound like just a bunch of dudes getting together and playing in a room you know that yeah. was kind of the vibe and so um also, um, when I mix and produce things, I'm interested in that like, oh brother, where art thou sort of sound where it's oh, like, yeah. there's the person in the front, mm -hmm. like the, the mix expresses a sense of space of like everyone standing with one microphone. That's so weird. So now that the you vocal is in front and then the backing vocals are behind that. And then the guitar and bass are there. And then the drums are pulled way back. I can totally hear it now that I'm thinking so about it. Yeah. Having that kind of spatial aesthetic to what we're doing is like that. That's important to me. Like that's a that's nerd so, thing. That's so funny that I am becoming self-aware of how different music sounds and where I believe the musicians are in performing And that's performing completely it. fake. I, that's okay. It fucking, that's but still part of the listening about experience. about it is part of, yeah. Um, there's a gal who does um, contemporary country, kind of old-timey music, Elon cool. Jewell. Okay. Um, and every time I go to record, I like send one of her albums to my producer. I'm like this, like she's my ultimate. Nice. If I could sound like Influence. her, I would be no, but like sonically, like I would count people as influences who sound completely different than me. Okay. So, so, so what do you, what would you count her? What, what is she? Her she's influence, like an so emulator. Like I Understood. like her aesthetic. Gotcha. Um, like the like sound wise it's like this is the sound quality that we're going for gotcha I it's like that. if you send example pictures to someone before you do a project like yes. she's yes. that for me the way her stuff is mixed and um the quality of the musicianship on all of her stuff is just that's great i like the vocals so much it was immediately i was like oh, okay this is so much cooler because when there's like a really feminine overly girly kind of sound you know i have to be in the mood for that i don't really it doesn't hit off a whole lot of like oh i'm relating to this oh i know where they're going it gave it this new kind of accessibility at least for my end for my fucking clunky dude ass where i was like hey uh, yeah. i like this and it you allows know? me to have more than one tone like because you know you can go back to a more f like yeah. feminine vocal right and so things like um, like of the singles that I know you got to listen to, like mm -hmm. Girl Talk has a much prettier sort of vocal aesthetic. Mm -hmm. um, and then like Talking is a little bit more attitude-y. Um, and then like there's a song called Hot Mess, uh, which is like a super growly blues yeah. song. Um, and that has like those 
vocals are a little bit messy in a way that I really, really enjoy. Yeah. And okay. so that was something that we, that was very deliberate. It was the specific decision that we made um, to make this kind of sound happen and to, to not pull any, like, um, to, to not pretty it up yeah. a little bit, you know, to just, Don't to make it be it. real. Yeah. You can't have high fructose corn syrup in your creative process. It's just too like, but, um, but yeah, that was something that was something that's distinctly different from the last album, which Mm -hmm. I feel is a little more like girl vocal sounding. Okay. Okay, cool. Also, because a lot of the stuff on the last album sounds really cute. Like the subject Uh matter is kind of cute. Like it's, ironic and subversive in its own like like the stories are about but there's like there's definitely a little bit of a like a self-reflexive oh i made a swear Mm -hmm. kind of quality that i sometimes have yeah um which i enjoy i like leaning into that do do you think having some gentlemen in the band kind of drove a more uh different tone with the no um i would specifically like the thing about um having the guys in the band is that they're different people and that they have a different skill set, like cool. different strengths um, than, than Anna does. Um, and so um, I would say it's not the fact that they're men that makes it sound different. It's the fact that they, um, that's just like a, a symptom of the thing. They <laughs> the whole came thing. into the, the pre-existing, they came into a pre-existing project. And so I was able to say, okay, this is, this is where we are. This is where I want to go. And as opposed to like Anna and I's band, which like neither of us, like we didn't have a project at that mm-hmm. point. So it was like, how, how is this going to sound? And we sort of like figured it out ourselves. So um, the process of the new lineup is both a little bit more and a little bit less collaborative than what I used to do. So like um, we're all pretty clear that it's my band and we're telling my stories mm-hmm. like that. That's kind of a given. And that allows me to be a little bit more like to be, to take a leadership role yeah. and have that be a little more clear. But that also means that I get to do things like delegate mm-hmm. and I get to do things like ask for specific feedback and then just listen to them. And that like band dynamics is kind of like dating multiple people at the mm-hmm. same time it's like a multi-person mm-hmm. relationship yeah, yeah, thing yeah. so it's like it's somewhere between family and roommates That's kind funny. of okay and i've you, never been in a band so this is all new to me yeah for you to so say. i have no yeah, idea yeah it's kind of like family and roommates it's it's like being in a romantic relationship and that you end up in situations with these people that like are not gonna all be good like like the van There's gonna will, be some hiccups. The van will break down, yeah. and then how does everyone in the yeah. van re- re- like react to that situation? Mm-hmm. And so, like some people like become the sitcom dad, and some people go into their shell, and some people like get on the phone and yeah. start ha- like making shit happen. And you kind of need to know who that what person. What they fulfill? Yeah, and be respectful of everyone and their emotions, like. Music making is a really personal and emotional thing, but it's also kind of a business and you kind of have a product at the end. So it's like, how do I have this business relationship with people that I'm not paying, but I'm kind of their boss? And there's this whole. That's an interesting dynamic because it's like we have to do work, Mm -hmm. but that 
the work is going to show is what will show for our work, so to speak. You know, right. so it's, it's not like always the financial gain or some monetary aspect. In all creative collaborations, because I do a lot of different stuff with people and I don't have the opportunity to pay them in the way that I wish yeah. I could. Yeah. You know, I wish I was independently wealthy and could just have super well-funded projects. But the thing that I can contribute to mm-hmm. any kind of collaboration that I have with someone is I'm super organized. I have really good boundaries around what is my job and what is not my job so it's like i need you to do this thing but these are the specific parameters of the thing that i'm asking you to do like can you show up from 7 to 9 p.m and do sound i have the pa i need you to run sound okay like and so like making clear boundaries around the ask and stuff like that is something that I learned from being in a management role in retail that I was like, cool. oh, that skill. Isn't that I can so annoying, that though? You have to admit life. that the normal thing makes the, the fun things possible. Yes. Well, Isn't that so? one of the biggest revelations to me is recently is that project management is a job title. Like, I work in a graphic design firm, mm-hmm. like a publicity firm and there is a person whose job it is to keep the rest of us fucks organized yeah and that that's like legitimately a job it's it's my mom's job and that happens to be something that i'm really good at and i didn't realize that it was a skill set until recently i'm like oh so i'm just managing this like and that's my deal you're band project manager I'm band project manager. And if you think about bands as projects, you can just call it project manager. Yeah. So I'm project manager. That's so cool. And I'm project manager of the band itself, but I'm also project manager of this album release and I've got a checklist mm-hmm. of stuff to do and I can't okay. do it all myself. Like I okay. literally can't do it all myself. What are these guys' names? So I have to figure out. Oh, this would be uh, Mr. Aaron France who plays guitar and sings backup vocals. Um, he comes from, he used to play... Uh, bass in a heavy metal context that was his deal um but then he got into americana and Mm he uh plays guitar and sings with us primarily uh he's my he's nightmare one nice and then uh nightmare two Mm -hmm. is um sean campbell who is he plays drums with us most of the time but he's a multi-instrumentalist okay um he did a lot of the songwriting and um a sort of musical direction for Dead Zed's Chopper, who's like the other rockabilly band in town. I might have seen them. Yeah. I, I, I've They've never had heard a, the name. A bunch of different times. incarnations um, with a couple of different singers and stuff. Um, but he was the original primary songwriter of that project and played drums with them. And uh, when Anna decided she was going to leave, I was mm-hmm. like, who plays rockabilly drums? See that little handsome fellow plays. with the, the, he's tall, young. How old is he? Sean, how old is Sean? Sean is uh, in his in his early forties. Okay, I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of uh, the other rockabilly band and the maybe the guy's son in that band. So excuse me, the upright bass yeah. player's son is what I'm thinking of. Yeah. So never mind. Philip. Philip just became an adult, and I'm like, oh yeah. damn. <laughs> there you go. I feel super creepy now. <laughs> no you since we were a child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, they're great. Um, but um, Sean hadn't been playing for a while, and he join the band and he brings a lot of stuff like he's the guy that arranges my background vocals which is super awesome like we have a a song that's an older song but we just have a like ba ba da ba da ba ooh 
kind of background nice. vocals going on what's for what's stuff. It's, like, it's with you from the first album. Like now okay. it has like splashy R- R- okay. Richie Valens vocals in it. I'm very, oh, okay, very I gotta excited. go back and listen to that. Cool. Well, it doesn't on the album. It's not. On no, it's well. It is. On it doesn't have the vocals. Doesn't have what you're talking about. Yeah. All right, that just thing, fucking forget it. I guess I need to go back and listen to it's you when I'm converse- conversing. No, no, it's a, All right, I don't um, even listen to me. Who did the album artwork? You did? Yes. Oh, I've, I don't even know why I had to ask that. No, it's All okay. the clues are right there. Context yeah. clues. Context um, clues. Yeah, no. Yes. It's, I love um, artwork. So, yeah, I'm the other thing that I do um, is I'm a block printer. So I basically carve giant stamps that have tons and tons of detail in them. That's and cool. And then I print them. What a trip. So you, you like make a lot of stickers or something? Do you ever make stickers? I Is that do a make stickers. Oh, no. um, but I went to college for book art, which is... Mm-hmm the book as a form of fine art so it's like you do everything um so um at the time like when i got into it it was because i was writing lyrics and playing music and i took those little stories and i translated them into little book projects um so i would illustrate lyrics or um Ah, that's cool something on one of my own stories and so that's that's my background that's what i went to school for i don't make a ton of books anymore like occasionally i'll make one if i want to collaborate with someone um, I mean, you obviously made but, the little insert, like the right. inserts for the. So I'm like, really cool. I'm keeping, I'm keeping that alive by every time we put out a piece of music, like trying to make sure that. Uh, do, do you feel like it necessary to keep it alive? Because like I recently have completely stopped drawing, like having any sort of illustrative outlet, and part of me is okay with that. But then there's part of me that's like, don't let it die. No, the like, art. don't let it die thing is is super important to me like because because i like i went to art school yeah. and like that's my jam so that's some emphasis on it Got yeah it. okay but also um you know ultimately i would want that to be my day job cool. um but i am concentrating on music right now because there isn't a shelf life on women in art the same way there is for women in the music industry what do you mean like i mean what do you mean by that i I feel like i'm not like younger voices are more important in music no matter what but specifically if you're a woman like the the old old woman music aesthetic is not really a thing that i get it i can't name an old woman Mm -hmm. musician off the top of my head that's funny so i mean it's not funny it's i it's quite frustrating frustrating and there's like this um this like like dang guys get to get old and like tom waits be gritty yeah and so like i would love to get to be able to do that and maybe by the time i'm tom waits age the industry will have changed enough that i can do that but there's also like that's so touring is a young person's thing and if i'm ever gonna do it like i'm Mm -hmm. not i don't want to sleep on floors when i'm 50 so i gotta kind of do this shit now wow you know what i never thought about that i feel almost compelled to try to like create some sort of exposure or space for that older woman musician to have that kind of of the fun things about rockabilly specifically is that age wow specifically Mm -hmm. um and i brought it up and now it's going to be on the recording and everyone's going to hear it loser (laughs) didn't mention it meta self-reflection it's my jam man um but um 
rockabilly, because it's such a specific genre, is kind of ageless. There's a bunch of older rockabilly musicians, like even ladies. Um, and that's super okay, cool. cool. That is cool. Like uh, people can exists. get old in the scene there. Um, but it's also kind of not my scene anymore. So I don't know. It's good to uh, grow. Yeah. Yes. There was Gr- growth is part healthy, of me that natural. like I wanted to have um, like the horror pops yeah. you know, there, like yeah. the the cute version of the necromantics mm-hmm. um <laughs> that's a great way to put it um they like patricia from the horror pops was mm-hmm. like why i started a band that's like, cool. i'm a lady up at bass player and awesome. i want to be kick-ass like that you know like, yeah but like at the end of the day now that i could actually have a band that sounded like that like i have the band leader skills to make that happen like i don't want my band to sound like that anymore we're kind of off on a weird... Do you, do you feel that you always get what you want in the end, just never when you want it? Like, do you feel like life is kind of like that? I feel like that often. I feel like that all the time. I feel like I wanted these toys growing up, and now that I'm an adult, I can have whatever action figure I want, and I can't fucking care less. Yeah, I definitely think things come to you like when you're ready for them or like when you have the tools to deal with them in a way that like you that is frustrating i need the instant gratification man like if i don't get something when i want it by the time i get it and i'm over it I, i'm fuck i'm sick of it i don't want it i'm over it why'd you get no why didn't why didn't you come to me when i wanted you you know that sort of thing yeah like if i'm in a store and i have something in my hand and i don't get to go buy it soon enough I'm like, I don't even fucking want it anymore. And I'll like set it down. I'll get rid of it. That's yeah. kind of like, I try to work that philosophy out, out of my fucking life, but it happens all the time still. Yeah. But there's also like, there's a part of me that wanted to make rockabilly and psychobilly music. You know, yeah. Like, I want one of those bands. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like now I have the musical tools and communication skills yeah. i have the people that have the skill set to mm-hmm, potentially make mm-hmm. that kind of music and now we're off on kind of like a weird bluesy 90s alternative sort of kick mm-hmm. uh, part of that was a shift from i switched between playing upright prim- primarily and playing electric bass so the songs that i write and perform on electric bass are different than the ones that i also must be nicer upright. to carry an electric bass around it is nice um I do miss um, being able to drink heavily while I was playing, which is a thing about being an upright bass player that you never realize uh, because it burns a lot of calories. So you're just in and out with it. It's like essentially um, it's like climbing stairs and singing simultaneously for several hours at a time when you're an upright bass player. But I mean, now you're consuming less beer calories, less alcohol. That's probably way healthier for you. But when I played upright, there wasn't ever a point where my alcohol consumption would get ahead of me and I couldn't remember the lyrics to any of my songs. Oh, oh, but now? Yeah, like when I first made the transition Mm -hmm. to playing electric, Mm -hmm. I had to realize that I was not so expending funny. as much dude i love i love that's those little so fucking differences and things like, when you're like oh i can't do this anymore and that's one of the things about being a band leader too yeah. like there's like there's always someone in the band who's like alcohol consumption needs to be monitored 
Like, mm-hmm. this is not anyone specific or anything. It's just kind of a thing. You just, like, have to make sure that people are loose, but not too loose. Yeah. And, like, there are people who are allowed to get stoned before they play, but not allowed to drink, or else their sense of timing will get completely oh. fucked off. Like, just all, like, yeah. and there's, like, and everyone, like, has different, like, pre-stage anxiety levels mm-hmm. and, like, different mm-hmm. things. And, like, you have to figure out how to, like, navigate those things oh as a Oh, my God. Group. It's a fucking whole pro... It's, like, a whole agenda you gotta yeah. make all the checklists off of. Why I envy singer-songwriters and comedians to a certain extent because it's, like, you're responsible for yourself and but, but your he- stuff. But here's the thing. But then you can't, you're responsible for yourself and your stuff. You know it. You knew it. Yeah. You know where I was going with that. Fucking you have no one else to blame but yourself. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. horrible. I mean, I could blame it on, oh, I was being heckled. Oh, I wrote my notes too small. That's my fault. Or maybe the guy before me bombed and the energy was weird. Maybe I, you know, it's all kinds of fucking little dumb things that get that you're at the end of the day. You, if I think it is just like it wasn't good, you have to move past it. But like with a band, it's like, I mean, yeah, you fucking fucked that note up a little bit but we still recovered and at least we have another song we can fall back on that everyone's gonna enjoy and maybe uh you know and there's a like a um appreciation that people have for like when something goes wrong at a gig and then the you like acknowledge it and move on and i think it's it's like i've i've never performed comedy so i wouldn't know but um i feel like it's a little bit different with a band dynamic but then again the thing that i'm completely jealous of of Mm -hmm. comedians or spoken word artists people that are just it's just them with the microphone like i am sometimes resentful that the whole musical production distracts from the storytelling which is really at the end of the day why i'm there yeah i was gonna say but then I'm also not responsible for making it funny. Like some of my songs are funny, but they don't have to only be funny, like Mm -hmm. funny music Mm -hmm. and like humorous songwriting is its whole own. It means, it means the world to me though. When someone can write a song and like tip their hat to the one listening to the lyrics, because I can't understand lyrics. So I really like to look them up and I have to see what the story is about. And then once I find like, Oh, so i did the heavy lifting and i put lyrics on the band camp yes thank you so much i know i looked at a bunch of i am in the process of adding closed captions to all of my youtube videos so you can just turn on the closed captions that's if i'm honestly i typically will not watch a music video i think it completely changes the uh the ingestion of a song i i think it i have favorite songs that i've watched the music videos to ruin the fucking song yeah ruined it I, obviously like in a music video culture like when mtv and vh1 played music videos a lot those videos are very yeah. important to those songs especially when they're you know popular but i don't need to know what the music video to sonic youth's tunic is that's gonna ruin it for yeah. me yeah no there, there's a lot of like music that has really terrible quality music videos i'm just like i cannot watch this this is not okay um i'll still watch your music videos i wasn't trying to bash you but the thing about music videos right now and what has made them a big focus for us is we don't have live performances so and it seems a little weird to just be like here 
listen to my shit mm-hmm. like it just feels like i'm like sending it out into the world with yeah. no context yeah so part of you know I'm, I'm i'm here talking to you so that we can have a little bit of context for stuff to maybe let some people in um to what i'm talking about and why like yeah. why the heck would you want to listen to my story <laughs> you know and like that's a big deal for me and so like i'm always trying to make things more relatable like they are my story from my viewpoint or whatever but there's also like like anytime i can make something more universal i will and anytime i can make something like because more accessible yeah people need to understand what i'm talking about to to, like to care about it like why the fuck would anyone care about it (laughs) (laughs) it's nice to have that extra layer yeah and sometimes um there's a little bit of a I know we're talking about me, like mm-hmm. self-reflexiveness mm-hmm. to that, which is a little bit defensive, but it's also, um, um, I was just going to tell a story that I tell on all of the podcasts, so I'm not going to tell it. Hey. Listen to my other podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say go for it, but that's fine. They can listen to your other podcasts. Not that I have so many other podcasts. If you have a plural amount in this small area, that's good enough. That's I don't have two podcast appearances i have my show and the chris chris's show are we okay which i I hope comes back is it coming i said i hope comes back i don't think there's any fucking chance of it coming back right now no i was like he's moved on yeah he's moved on to better things i don't know what but you won't know until it's finished it's chris (laughs) absolutely what do you like to do for fun because all of my uh all of my hobbies are such like pro level no like pro oh i'm sorry i totally yeah yeah Yeah, because like everything that i do that most people would consider to be a hobby like i would put above the level of hobby like i have i'm very serious you think you're better than people is that is that what you're saying no Uh. i just uh i don't do shit by half measures listen that's fine what do you like to do for fun what do i like to do for fun right right now i am crocheting cool and uh watching a lot of um like trash television like i like things that are um episodic and predictable so they could just sort of like be on in the background and you're just hanging out with the characters well, like, there's well, like yeah, i actually, like that too i like yeah, that too yeah, yeah. that's totally i, I get yeah. that but what do you mean do you mean like you watch tlc shows you watching like old sitcoms what do you watch i um, i've probably watched every episode of ncis more than any human being oh should, yeah you that trash that. tv you were not kidding yeah mm-hmm. straight up yeah like and i, I love, can't do it i can't watch that show because it, it's so like there's oh no. no cussing there's it's no so pitties ter- there's no so real terrible. nudity i need some some stuff that some actually grit. happens in like you know it's like yeah. i grew up in such a fucking household of like everyone smoked drank did some kind of drug we all cussed it was this motherfucker in my alley are you kidding um it I can't watch tv where they're like oh we don't say bad words and we only wink you know a little hat tip nod to things that are like actually fucking happening i'm like no but it's not real i I mean that's not true because i love that (laughs) 70s show but i i'm still like bitter i'm like they never showed the weed you know that's annoying and then but bewitch and i don't i don't i like i you know what i'm lying to you no I did not watch. I do not like Bewitched. I was thinking Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I'm not There's even with a, you, sister. It's a different deal. Yeah. It's a different deal. Like, there is television that I 
enjoy as art and that's totally different like mm-hmm. i loved altered carbon like that's totally my jam I, i've been i was just watching some philip k dick movie last night I'm, I'm trying to get into altered carbon i haven't gotten there yet okay well it's like that's good but that's like real tv there's only like a little bit of that i can do and then there's like a bunch of shitty stuff so i'm i'm watching all of the terrible incarnations of stargate right now oh man like all that yeah shitty shitty sci-fi stuff i uh, i it's terrible and i i, I, I want to get into I, sci-fi I but it's terrible it's the same thing with fantasy where it's like i cannot have a suspension of disbelief no one talks like that that's stupid or like i'll have all these thoughts of like no that's not like it has to meet my like fucking gritty sin city style mentality but you know no one talks like that or has that like it's its own aesthetic it is just one that works for you well there's some shows that are like genuinely have a realism to them and they like really deliver some uh closer to home kind of judd apatow stuff is always good for that like um where they they take someone's actual story and then sell it for a thing yeah um it's like everyone's got one story and Jed i know gonna find i, I it. haven't i haven't seen uh king of staten island yet um, i haven't either okay. i was really uh, looking forward to yeah, it i'm yeah. really looking forward to it because my hero's in it so as a p davidson no, i'm just kidding <laughs> as a um as a like podcast nerd mm-hmm. the big sick was a huge deal really? for me. Yeah. I, I never watched it, but okay. there's so well, much talk about Were go you ahead, a go ahead. nerdist podcast person? Never. Never okay. listened. That's so, when when I heard what podcast what were, my friend Zach James was listening to the Nerdist and I was like, that sounds ridiculous. I'm gonna go outside now. I was like, nerdist You're listening is a good, to that is a good first podcast if you're like, I don't know what podcasts are about. I'm gonna listen to this. Ah. And I mean I have kind of a bias because I think I listened to like nine hundred episodes of the Nerdist within a year. So it's kind of it's so I'm it's it, I totally get it. Jam. I listened to Yeah. Fa- yeah. yeah i've never missed a bill burr monday morning podcast in five years and i've been listening to what rogan's podcast since to uh, since he was in like the 600s or 700s and he's in like almost the 1600s but it's a lot before you watch the big sick yeah listen to emily gordon's couple episodes of the nerds podcast and listen to at least one of Camille Nanjiani's. Yeah. I always say Nan and Johnny. I fuck his last name yeah. up like a dumb American um, all the time. But like that. Emily Gordon. That's what you said. Yeah. Like Camille's great and all. But Emily is like a superhero. She's fucking awesome. And now he's a superhero. You see his fucking abs, dude. He got a, I know. The, So a lot of the macho podcasts I listen to, they're, they all talk about how. Um, celebrities get in shape for movie roles uh-huh. and they're said they're all like oh that's great you got the personal trainer you got the diet and you're doing those but no one talks about the steroids no one acknowledges it you cannot get those bodies without steroids and no one talks about it it's like some fucking big goddamn stigma to it and it's like just say you did the steroids and give people like the real like oh that's how you did it so and it's good for there's them a to similar know. thing captain america is steroids okay literally i really don't know anything about it but okay. i will say i can't speak to um there's a similar thing in like anytime 
Victoria's Secret models or anything like that. Okay. Like when they're talking, when people are talking about their skin Mm -hmm. specifically, Mm -hmm. they're like, oh yeah, you just drink water. And like, no one mentions that they all get a $200 facial every week. Like, like that. Probably get IV drips, give them nice and perfect. Or, you know, all the stuff. It's like, it's, I understand it's their job to be pretty and they're investing in that. But there's a level of them getting in an interview and sitting down yeah and not talking about like the fact that how you look that way is you throw money at it Mm -hmm. and you throw time at it yeah (laughs) Yeah. but they'll go the thing is is like these actors will go into great detail you'll have oh men's health magazine what workout and diet did he follow and then no one mentions the testosterone, the human growth hormone, trenbolone. They don't mention, you know, maybe a little bit Anavar. None of these fucking steroids. None of the shit that everyone fucking has to take or eventually take to get those bodies. And I pisses me off because here I am. I used to have this like workout, like from a magazine t- torn out and like on my wall, and I was like, I'm gonna get this body. Did not come close because there was no mention of the fucking steroids they were taking. And I was like, oh fuck, I could have just been. Doing the dumb fucking thing that I don't know. I, I'm oh, sorry. I'm just bitter. I'm just bitter. Side of I'm it just too, bitter. like the the like. Um, what women also take steroids. It's called Anavar. But also <laughs> the um, like, um, and bef- until I got into pinup, I didn't realize how much of like women's bodies on the red carpet is stuff like shapewear undergarment like things that are squeezing you and pulling you and pushing you up and moving you around it's like that's that's the celebrity advantage is that they have like five hundred dollars worth of underwear on under what they're wearing and you're never gonna look like that if you have a walmart dress with no underwears come on room you want to go out i know what he's trying to get out he's he's being friendly i promise but he wanted oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) dog agenda dog agenda but yeah, so yeah, there's the stuff that people don't talk about. And that's- I'm just so interested in those things because those are the secrets. And I've always been such a like, uh, like I like laying everything out on the table. Mm-hmm. I, I like to be very fucking transparent and with things. Like that's part of my deal as a songwriter. Bringing it back is like I like to talk to sh- about shit that maybe you're not supposed to talk about. And I, it's fun to put that in the yeah. vehicle of a song and be able to talk about it because then like it's I don't have to confront people to talk about it. I'm like, hi, oh, I just... It, yeah. <laughs> and then, like, I don't know if if this happens with comedy or stuff. It's like something happens that you don't mm. want to talk about. Yeah. And then like all of a sudden you have a really good joke about it, a really yeah. good song about yeah. it. Like I had a song that I was like, oh, I really don't want to, but is there? It's, oh, and and um, sometimes uh, creative projects take on like a life of their own. Like sometimes songs, you start them and then they just sort of gain momentum. And it's like, like yeah, I wrote it, but I don't really feel completely responsible for it. Like yeah. it just kind of like appeared. There's like a A, like A like, to B yeah. thing. Like, like oh, that, so you can- it happened. And so I'm like, crap like now this is a good song about a thing that i'm like don't want people to really know about but i'm like here we go i'm gonna talk about it it's totally true dude one like one of the the first set the first uh set ever did uh i closed the story with like one of the most embarrassing things that ever happened to me and it was like fuck i i never told that to anyone and then one day i was telling it to a group of friends and it was like i was doing my first stand-up set and it killed everyone in the fucking garage was dying laughing i was like and there's a certain engagement with confessional stuff like if you're talking about something that like doesn't get talked about a mm-hmm. lot particularly like 
if people do know you yeah. like what i didn't know that that yeah like, that's that interesting. story that's um add some layers like, oh or like i don't know so there's there's something about that um also i think um for me if something bothers me it's going to be more fruitful from a songwriting perspective like that because it's it's in your it's under your skin yeah i love that yeah that's so true so i'm like this is a thing that i don't fucking know how to talk about (laughs) it's gonna be a song it's gonna be two songs that's fun yeah that's cool though it's 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 easy with songs so because it definitely provides like a a layer of like uh accessibility you can consume it so much easier because sometimes even people's comedy they're 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 ruining it with their own personal affectations and their personality and their delivery and maybe you don't like their outfit and maybe you don't like white male comedians because the music been is too much. all you know of I mean? that like the music is that in the it, same it is it is but way. it's so much easier to be like oh cool this isn't the hip-hop i don't like or this isn't the punk rock i don't like this is more along the stuff i do like so i can now listen to these lyrics in those songs yeah. like, you really have to be like kind of open-minded yeah. about it no and i'm not trying to make rules here there's I'm sorry. definitely a point where um like i didn't go see damien marley one time because i was on a i don't listen to reggae kick That's and i kick hilarious. myself every day for not fucking going to see Damien Marley because it would have been a hell of a show. Yeah, I've done shit like that before. But Missed I out also, on cool experiences. like, went to UCSB when there was no, there was no scene except for like a, we all wear flip-flops to the bar white guy reggae scene and I was, it was just not my deal. I can't believe that was a real thing. I hear about that all the time. How old are you? No, you don't mind me I'm 35. Asking. 35. Wow, you look great for 35. I had no idea Thank you're 35. You. Um, Skincare. Oh uh, yeah, it's the $200 facials, huh? Um, I had no fucking idea that was a thing. That the, the like white reggae flip flop like what the fuck and then well I mean I guess there's so much uh, there's bands around here locally that are like big reggae bands are a bunch of white dudes right yep yep, yep. I had well, no idea and, um, Revol- I'm not saying it has Revolution to be black reggae great, but just fucking and um, no Collybuds are great but other than that it's just like it's not my deal man um but it was definitely um so you're a reggae purist broy genre i just don't i just have very little it's not my deal dude no i totally get it i you think i fucking relate to the white dude playing reggae it says nothing to me about my life yeah and like it's a great live uh, like there's a lot of music i love live that i just am not gonna listen to huh. uh like i love zydeco and the like all of it that? it's um it's um you don't even know what it is no, I know what it is. I just can't explain it. It's um, it's Cajun dance music. So it oh, comes from the. Oh. It's it's fun. Yeah. It's fun. It like it has accordions in it. It's really high energy. It's kind of like bluegrass adjacent, but more. Oh okay. More I like bluegrass. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It's it's barn dancey. It's um. But also like disgusting white trash Cajun people or what? No, it's like <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. If I don't make jokes for a certain no, amount no, of time, no. I get a, really a annoyed and really uncomfortable. Yeah, so I need to no. like spit some at you. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm just gonna that that should just be excised. I <laughs> I didn't give Zydeco it's it's due. Um um but yeah. I, I got you. No worries. I totally It's like where Caribbean music meets bluegrass 
Okay, now you're making it sound really interesting. I got a fucking Z- how do you spell this? Zydeco with a with a, with an X or a Z? Z. Z. Okay. Zydeco. Yeah. Um, but it's like super fun, high energy dance music. But how about the rest of that word? You got more letters on that? Zydeco. I don't. I'm a terrible speller. Like we can look it up. Give me a for f- the podcast. Can I buy a vowel? <laughs> God damn it. Uh, <laughs> no, it's fine. I don't it's fine. even I'm know. Totally. There's. It's really not that important. Yeah. I just wrote yeah. it down phonetics fine with me yeah. that's another thing i used to get mad at people the way they, they'd spell things wrong and i was like if you can spell it phonetically and it's the right word and it's not changing the function or it's like close to the right word it's not changing the function of the sentence just fucking spell it wrong i don't care i am a terrible speller so i'm, I can't a, I'm cast. a really good spell i don't know if speller is the word i say Congrats. spell that's how fucking uh, spell. sanctimonious i am i appreciate it, it. <laughs> all right um it was me failing to no, I, do Zydeco justice. That's totally okay. I, I'm pretty sure they're not going to listen to this, so don't worry about it. But I, I will send them a tweet, probably, an email if they're... Zydeco the genre. Is that a genre? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought it was a band. No, no, no. It's a genre. Oh, I don't give a fuck about the genre. I thought it was a cool band I could listen to. After no. I do. I don't not give a fuck about I the could genre. I'm not name a Zydeco... Never mind. I Jesus Christ. I could name a Zydeco <laughs> artist, but... <laughs> In the same way that, like... At what point did I not realize... I bet there's people screaming at me, like, you fucking idiot. You didn't know it was a genre the whole time? It's, Some good it's listeners It's its own there. thing. There's only so many people that are into, like, stompy old-school Americana genres. Um, All right, fair enough. Yeah. This will be easier to find now, honestly, because yeah. it is a genre. I'm yeah. sure there's a Wikipedia-related page for it. Yeah. If I just look up Americana. Yeah. Anyway. What, what books are you reading right now? You said you said you were in the middle of a couple audiobooks. What did we go over that? I didn't know if you told me the audiobooks. I think I went off on a things I like tangent. I'm not really Yeah, I mean this really is just like a glorified show and tell. We just get to talk to each other about yeah. the things we like and then I get to, you know, make fun of I mean one yeah, another for I'm it. I'm not really listening to anything worth talking about right now. Alright. Well maybe you should not listen to them. <laughs> It's kind of like the trash TV. It's like there's got to be something. Like, you uh, you approached me about coming on this podcast, huh? I did. That's so cr- You're one of the few people that have done it and have done it, done so successfully. And like it was not like cool. you were cool about it. Some people are like, hey, man. And I'm like, no, no, man. Well, so like I uh, I just wanted to say I appreciate I, pre- I appreciated your approach and I'm happy you. to be sitting here talking to you thank and you. Uh, I'm really excited to be promoting the I feel Girl like I Talk was a little album. bit too like immediately palsy with you on in my text I was like I'm gonna talk some shit um, no it's totally fine um if someone's too clinical with me like I, I honestly was gonna apologize for the fact that there was so much back and forth logistically about where we were gonna record because I was trying to I was like I don't know if all plans Angelina's gonna be come like, with an asterisk right now because it's a global oh, pandemic so and you kind of never know what's gonna happen. My biggest fear is like, is she gonna be so fucking weird? I can't record a podcast with her because we're gonna have to be six feet apart. But she's still reaching out to me to have some promotion. You know, I was like, great. I was, I was being, I was being a baby. I was being a little no. butthole about it. No. We're gonna- <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't do it over Zoom or I would have. You know, yeah, I've never done that. I, it just originally my engineer was like well you ever thought about doing like a video you know like um they, zoom wasn't even popular back then this was back when they used the other one i don't even remember what it's called it's gone the way of myspace now 
Facebook and Zoom fucking overshadowed it. But um, he had said like, oh, why don't you do podcasts over video? And I was like, it's just so disingenuous. You don't get the tone of the conversation. You're not getting like the connection. And that's what the pod, the conversation, the yeah. part of conversation is about. Yeah. Because the idea of a conversation, the world, like the place in uh, it. Let me fucking stop tripping over my own words here. There's only one place where this kind of conversation dynamic happens and it's with the microphones, the headphones that are recording the imaginary audience that will eventually be listening to it. And the video provides a slightly different version of that. And that's not what I'm looking for. That's not what I want yeah, to do. I completely understand. And I actually um, sat down and did like a songwriters on songwriters style interview mm -hmm. with Jacob Cole, who oh, yeah. like we've been playing music together and not mm -hmm. together for almost our entire lives yeah. and um uh i was like hey let's sit down and shoot a video yeah. so we did um that'll be out on my youtube channel at some point in the not too distant future what's the name of the youtube channel it is ms angie nightmare ms angie nightmare beautiful yes all right is that m-i-s-s -S or m-s m-s cool i don't really know the difference i had to specify i wanted all yeah. my listeners to get the right youtube page yep all right any closing thoughts arguments questions no, um, I don't think I successfully made a point, but it's cool. Well, oh, yeah. Well, make your point. You got a point to make? What is you successfully uh, make your point here? No, what, I, what I, I didn't pick one. No. No? no nothing? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sure I talked about something. I'm sure you talked about something. Anyways, this has been a real joy and pleasure to have you on my podcast. I'm happy to have someone in the area uh, creative and just have more people on before I move out of the area. So that's... Uh, means a lot to me so i appreciate it to find new people to talk to i know that's gonna be the worst um but you have an in you're like i have a podcast i know that's true well you know what's kind of interesting I, lo I love skateboarding been skateboarding for a long time the place i'm moving there's a lot of pro skaters that go to the skate park and i've thought of literally taking this little fucking cocksucky zoom recorder and just going up there like hey so um i heard that you're not on ultimate clothing anymore like what any words on new clothing sponsor you know just being like a little fucking dumb podcast reporter little like skate journalist for it i feel like having a specific topic that you ask like on a given like for given episodes would probably mm -hmm. be a really good way to like deal with that that's great again like me being project manager person i'm yeah, like let's give a, some parameters around that's a, this that's a very good because, professional because then uh you could talk to the same people multiple times and potentially yeah. develop a rapport with them. That's so cool. That's so But true. also, That's so cool. you're like, hey, I'm out here today talking to people about X thing. Yeah. And then they know whether or not they want to talk to you based on um, like what specifically you said you yeah. were talking That's about. That's so true. Like, I feel like that would be a good way to um, make the initial approach and negotiation easier damn you're really this is really valuable information i'm glad you said that because i was literally high last night thinking about all the questions i'd ask all these random pros that i would inevitably see at this place so pick one question yeah. per outing that's or at least a series that are yeah that's, yeah yeah, yeah. <sighs> there's a gal this seems so obvious now that you're saying it but the most obvious things are sometimes never and that's why explaining the most your idea things. to people is like a like such a weirdly valuable thing yeah, oh it's validating and you get I, I was so afraid of expressing myself with people like my family or loved ones or friends because i was afraid of the judgment the discouragement the lack of interest all of these things and i realized like I, if i really care for something i'm not going to let any of those truly infect it and what i need to do is let um let the conversation be had and put it out into the universe 
Yeah, that's one of the like huge takeaways from art school. Like no one actually needs to go to art school mm-hmm. except that it teaches you how to be better about um, making a separation between yourself and your work mm-hmm. and learning to just talk about shit, take input in a way that like uh, to have good boundaries around criticism. It's mm-hmm. like this is like people are just throwing ideas out and it doesn't have to they don't have anything to do with you. Like my suggestion yeah. doesn't have anything to do with like you or even your potential in product mm-hmm. in product. I'm mm-hmm. not attached to you using my idea or not using mm-hmm. my idea, but there is that little, like it uh, until you get more comfortable talking about what you're doing with people, you don't have the, the opportunity for the like growth aspect of collaboration. It's kind of, kind of dorky. No, it's not dorky. I love dorky things. I mean, I, I don't dismiss it like that. That's there's a lot of merit in what you said, and I'm glad you said it because especially you just it's so validating. You get something out, and you put my, my. I live my life by this philosophy of just try it because worst case scenario, you're back where you started without it. One of the things that um, was most useful for me about going to work in. A, graphic design like professionally rather than doing it like by myself as a freelancer is that you learn that like half of the work that you do never gets seen and its function is to work out what doesn't work so that you can get to a good product at the very end. familiar with that you gotta let the shit get out to get to yeah. the like i i kind of fuck myself up that with skateboarding because sometimes i won't do like the lesser tricks because i'm worried about a, like a better trick or a cooler way to skate and unfortunately that kind of hindered my progress early on and i'm not as good as i should be for someone who's skating for 15 years like you should repetitively and, do the easy tricks yeah and so that way i can you, build off of them yeah and same thing with like hacky jokes this is so like you gotta let the shitty jokes not the shitty humor out like when i tell some dumb fucking that's what she said joke like i need to get that out so i can get to the better deeper conceptual fucking gender joke or something you know what i mean like i need the fucking thing out like you just gotta let the garbage out you gotta let the the filler and fat out to get to like the nice lean muscle it's important okay that and the steroids and steroids is very helpful yeah Yeah. oh and then that's that's a great metaphor for like the creative um accessories to whatever craft you have you know what i mean steroids help Mm. they don't not work no um they exist for a reason because of my arts background i'm continuing to talk you were wrapping up no 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 no. if you have something more to say please Uh, we can go as long as you want cool i was just saying uh, i was just gonna say the aunt um because of my arts background i often think thing think of things in terms of technique and concept Mm -hmm. and in art specifically those are two different muscles and if you think of if you think of your music or comedy in that same way that you've got technique and concept and both of those things need to be coming up at the same time like that is but it's like so you're not having a good concept day yeah that leaves you the option to work on technique so it's like okay so you don't have any good new ideas right now what's an old idea that you could maybe rewrite in a different structure yeah. or what happens if you move this Punch it up. song yeah. to a different place in the set or this joke to a different mm-hmm. place in the set like what if you have a different lead in yeah. what if you have a different oh, tagline like craft. so craft <laughs> yeah and i grew up at arts and crafts fairs my parents make ceramics for uh-huh. a living so literally 
craft mm. has been my entire fucking life. I'm so envious. But it also applies to other things. It makes you really weird. And craftspeople are like people who have failed to be people who reject societal expectations around work become self-employed craftspeople and they all come at it from different ways comedians (laughs) or you know musical performers or kanye west or whatever you know like (laughs) here's a couple (laughs) (laughs) but you know it's so um so i grew up in that and that was like normal which makes it so that i had a really hard time feeling normal when I was younger because I was homeschooled and I came from a family of craftspeople and I grew up on a farm and it's like I had so many like odds at barriers for being a normal person but then I'm like fuck it it gives me an advantage I'm not a normal person well yeah yeah I think um that there's that great saying Hunter S. Thompson's uh when the going gets weird the weird go pro yep and that's like what I try to model my fucking functions after like if something like that's the technique i want to have yeah that's where i want to have the technique yeah and right now for me like the skill that i'm working on the Mm -hmm. technique that i'm working on is okay i know how to make stuff i know how to do what i want to do i know how to communicate what i need to my collaborators yeah now how do Mm -hmm. i publicize and fund this shit i want to make like that's that is the next step for me need some technique there some technique there is and i mean i have the advantage in that that's what i do for my day job but Mm -hmm. that is why that's what i do for my day job because i had identified i sort of i gave myself a little time i was like okay you have this amount of time to get your promotional hustle handled um, and if you don't, then you need to just quit and find a day job that you would be happy with forever. And there's just no day job that I would be happy with forever. Yeah, so no. I got to get all the random skills that I have and get them to work together and to apply marketing skills to that equation so that I can potentially um, just do what I do for a job. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you have, it's like, I struggle with, do I feel like I'm doing the best version of what I could be making money with? Like, like there's so many different modern ways people make money being YouTubers or fucking TikTok or they're be having monetary success with these creative outlets that weren't afforded to people who I look up to that made their success the old way or different yeah, ways. So I always, I feel like I'm being pulled into a different directions. Or whatever. Yeah. It's like I could be on Twitch. I mean, don't get me wrong. I fucking love when, like, those people lose their money and it's just like, ha-ha, you fucker, you... There's some, like, bitter, like, asshole where I'm like, "Ah, yes, TikTok's getting taken away. Your dumb dances and your money is fucking... Get your money so you can do your shit, man. Me too. Me too. I'm so pro people being their own investors. I'm pro sellout in a very specific kind of way. Um, Like, people gave Shepard Fairey a bunch of shit because he became Shepard Fairy. They're like, he's not an artist anymore. And you're like, uh, he's got a fucking kid, you guys. Yeah, like, chill. Like, you don't, you're just some little annoying punk that has some fucking strange idea of credibility that is so arbitrary. I yes, and I the, like, that. if, like... I don't own any Shepard Fairy stuff, though, sadly. He makes a good t-shirt. He makes a good say. t-shirt. I like, he, he was wearing a Sex Pistols t-shirt one time that was so fucking cool. He obviously had printed himself and it was just like, 
oh, I don't own enough cool t-shirts. And I went on this weird kick of like, I need to have like the cooler. So I work in an office uh, with no dress code with graphic designers. So their t-shirt collections are like the highest of the high caliber. Like I thought my t-shirt collection was cool. Name three cool t-shirts you've seen. Go. Um, uh, One of the gals in the office is uh, into like super like, meta nerdy shirts yeah. so she's got one that's um finn from adventure time mm-hmm. but he's dressed up as all the different doctors for doctor who of course i knew doctor who was coming mm-hmm. when you said yeah that. um and then uh she's got a, a couple of other great like nerd t-shirts that are like i love the meta on a graphic design level they're oh. like excellent and then um the other graphic designer is like he has like very specific types of band t-shirts that yes. he wears and they're all excellent Ooh, like what kind of specific like there's one that's black with a black graphic on it oh, and they're like different textures of black an, okay. and it's just so like the the through line for those is that they're excellently mm. designed and okay. that they function well as t-shirts okay I'm like there's that oh they're so good there's this uh, game strong there's this in my office artist i'm sure you know butcher billy no actually oh um he has all these like beautiful juxtapositions of pop culture icons and like there's like a lot of a lot of like marvel and like the cure and like all these great mashups and he has a uh, really vivid colors kind of like pop art colors um it has great color grading it's my favorite i style. love and hate that kind of work because it's being done so much right now and it's something and, that gets a ton of attention online yeah, like people yeah. will um apply a genre label to a particular pop culture person and then like mm-hmm. reimagining disney princesses as drag queens that kind uh, of thing i like, totally get it i totally get it I love it. it. Like from a conceptual level, I love it. But it's also clickbaity, and it's the stuff that gets in the public attention because it has a recognizable, uh, in the same way that like all the tentpole movies are based on yeah. other shit that yeah. it already it- has an incarnation. It's like it's an easy sell because it's recognizable, and I love that from a creative level. Like a lot of well, what I do, both musically yeah. and visually, is apply the filter of like kind of an old school genre yeah. to yeah. what's happening in my actual life. Well, and I'd be I'd be the first to reject that that mm-hmm. mo- modern no. So some people it. do it, and they yeah. do it really, really That's well. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I will. Yeah, I will look them up. This is I, in the notes for the podcast. Yeah, sincerely, like I. I mean, I would love it if you looked and you said, no, this is exactly what I'm talking about. This is dumb. I'd be like, that's good. Now I can let it go. <laughs> I, I suspect <laughs> but, it's not dumb. But, but uh, yeah, no, I just really love like the mashups and like the culture. Like, you know, he has fucking Clockwork Orange stuff all, you know, and like Mario, like it just like stuff just goes so well. And I'm like, I would have never even thought of like mixing these two fucking cool things. I don't know. I had a extra meta um like shopping cart full of t-shirts it's like i can only get one of these t-shirts otherwise i'm an asshole (laughs) yeah so like there's one where it's um the sonic youth album cover like um yeah yeah and then there's there's the rick and morty t-shirt that's that i just saw that somewhere did you were you do share a story of it or something no no so so that i was like oh i might need i might need that and then there's um my favorite song of theirs is off that album tunic 
Do you uh, oh, Raymond Pettibon, the guy who yeah, did that album art, is yeah. my my hero. Gotcha. Um, he was a huge inspiration. The um, anybody who can have like so many terrible cops and nuns in their artwork is totally <sighs> seriously like in the and and handle them like visually and it's like he doesn't pull any punches. No, nope. but it's also like visually appropriate to the subject matter at all times, which is so fabulous um but so there's that one mm-hmm. and then there is a uh, do you know who magritte is the this is not a pipe uh, he that, painted this is not a pipe i really know why i know that photo realistic stuff it's it's like a famous um surrealist um painting like he painted the picture of the guy whose face is the sky okay yeah yeah like, I so um a lot of what his work was about was like having a picture of something with a label that didn't match. Okay. So um, there's one, it's a picture of a pipe and it's mm-hmm. in French and it says, this is not a pipe. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah I know exactly. So there's a t-shirt that's um, the death star, but it's mm-hmm. in the style of Magritte. This and it says, it says, this is not a moon in, in, in French. And that's I'm like, I want that Isn't it so, so dude, hard. Oh God, but it's also like you've got to be the biggest. Like, will it be freaking? Will it be funny later? Like how? I, I owned a vote for Pedro T-shirt early on, and exactly. I wish I still owned it because it would it would be funny again now. But there were so many years that it wasn't funny. I'm writing in Pedro this November. Yeah, <laughs> but fucking, <laughs> it, it's so difficult. Cause like, I love that shit, but I'm trying to like, and then there's distance also, myself. Cause I'm like, I'm mature. I'm, I've grown. I don't need to. And there's also a Ramones logo that says ramen, ramen, ramen. That's disgusting. And it has the different Get that away from ramen. my face. It's so, it's so well that done though. Sacrilege. I'm so sick of people disrespecting the Ramones like that. <laughs> the reason that it's funny for me is because I have, I like had a Ramones t-shirt that I wore for like 15 years until it fell apart. I got the very same one. Yeah. 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 I think I actually stole mine from someone ex-boyfriend to begin with so it was trashed to begin with and then you know it was it was killed so the reason that that t-shirt would be extra meta is because i wrote wore that ramones t-shirt for so long in my own life that i'm being like it's a nod to like so you're the the mythology of myself freaking asshole ever that is the oh god how can you stand sitting there with yourself At least I'm aware of it. No, yeah, I know, I know, I know. But that's why I'm saying I can get away with saying, oh, oh, wow, you're a big goob for doing that. No, no. Look at Red. I overthink all things. Yeah, I mean, it's... Including whether or not I should buy the Ramens t-shirt. I I don't... The last time I bought, like, a shirt with a graphic on it, it had to be something, like, slightly offensive and slightly, like, divisive. Okay. And... I don't know why. It's just kind of how I am. But it had to be like cool looking. And now I don't. Now I'm only wearing golf clothes. Okay. Do I. <laughs> Is that because they're comfortable? Because you aspire towards golf? I aspire towards golf. They are comfortable. And Bill Burr talked about the comfort of these. Okay. And he okay. would talk about getting these like track suits and like these golf clothes and how comfortable they were. And this was something he said years ago and it's just been sticking with me. And then 
he was on this TV show called Crashing on HBO. I am a huge Pete Holmes fan. So. I never got to watch the show because I've never had HBO. But just he, get the um, HBO Go for one month and watch the whole. I've thing. already done it, and I already was watching <sighs> something else. I fucking cucked myself on that one. So, and there's a Bill Burr episode when they're golfing, and he's talking about how look, look how fucking comfortable the, my clothes are. I can't even tell. Is my dick out? I have no idea. You know, and it was just like, damn, those must be some really comfortable clothes. And then one day I was just like, oh, and it just this cascade of golf happened i think it's funny because that's the difference between like his brand and the pete holmes brand Mm -hmm. is that pete holmes does the same thing but he's all about the lululemon (laughs) 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 it's like and and it's so on brand for both of them (laughs) to have (laughs) sorry no no just totally i totally get it because i I remember the lululemon because someone mentioned lululemon on the bill burt podcast recently and he was like ah excellent and i could i made the fucking full circle of like oh yeah the golf clothes i also kind of wonder if it's um uh something that you do to look less subversive so that when you make a joke it has a higher impact in the same way that i dress up on stage and have my extra girly fierce stage persona so that when i swear or say something really gnarly it has more bite to it like a friend called me out at one point he's like you dress like that and wear pearls and then you say filthy filthy shit i'm like yeah that's my deal man. well it's so interesting because um you know i've always been around you just at shows at the bar whatever and yeah. i know that's how i was like that's the vibe i'm getting from you i was like i know this is a perfect shell because i'm doing the same thing you know like I'll, i'm oftentimes i you know i dress like i have a manual labor job i don't actually have it was that was, that was i was always dressing like some sort of fucking dock worker lumberjack ugly motherfucker and then um see blue collar boys on the album yeah yeah well i yeah yeah you know and fucking (laughs) there's like some aesthetic to that and i think it's just it's just so fucking i want i do want to kind of subvert like the expectation of you when you see someone in golf clothes you don't expect them to say cunt a lot and and unless they're actually just being misogynistic when they're saying it so um i just want to kind of fucking be able to i used to not dress punk but I'd have one button or one like safety pin somewhere. Mm-hmm. And it was just this perfect little affectation that kind of like threw a monkey, a subtle monkey wrench into the whole it's fucking thing. It's kind of funny. Cause like as a rockabilly chick, yeah. like even if you aren't like in your full beat, you can spot the other yeah. gals. I see the leopard tattoo across the fucking Or like lot. I see your, yeah. The like polka dots somewhere. I see, yeah. Polka dots, leopard, multiple leopards, but also like there's like, bangs game mm-hmm. or red lip or eyeliner and you lame vans you're wearing other things you know you're like at work or whatever and then you see that and you're like that's the indicator yeah. that's oh yeah the thing you know i i love the subtlety i i, I want to like create like just an individual not like uniform but just like something that i can mix and match the kind of different ways i want to express myself with without it being overt i don't want it to be explicit i don't like that you know, maybe I'll wear some shoes, but you can kind of tell they're skate shoes, but you kind of can't. Maybe, you know, they're, I'm wearing golf pants, but they're really cozy. Although it's so funny how often people straight up clock the golf pants or like the golf shirt. They're like, are you wearing fucking golf pants, dude? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. <laughs> are you going, are you going golfing? I didn't know. You haven't said anything. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I had a yeah. huge like 
thrift store old man loud golf stuff phase like that sounds so cool though that's way too that's way cooler than me i just look like a fucking um slowly turning into like a frat boy over here yeah like i own a um an 80s loud plaid like rubber chicken comedian blazer that but that's so cool because Stanhope has perfected the look and has it and it's just like a nod to him. I love him. he's one of my heroes. I mean I don't know how many Stanhope things are sitting around here, but there's some couple there's some uh, fucking coasters over there. There's something on my water bottle. If it wasn't obvious, the fucking. But yeah, what color is it? Red. Um, you said plaid. It's though. plaid. No, it's pink, green, pink. yellow, and navy blue. Oh, that's so beautiful i could imagine and then a pink blouse or like a pink button-up shirt would be perfect with it i usually wear it with a uh with a small black check oh cool so that's the doing that's the, the double under, checks double yeah plaid plaid on plaid bold move cotton and then when i bought it my hair was the same color as the pink so oh, okay it's a, it's a good look see that's too much if i i mean obviously i'm oh, not yeah, a fucking yeah. a matcher I don't yeah. do things in color schemes. Sorry, but no, I'm a matcher. So. I, I'm I'm learning that I have no idea my, what color is. My band has um has committed hard to this, but we all we all dress up when we play, and there's usually a color scheme. So okay. there, there's like a That's text cool. that goes around, like what nice. colors are we wearing? Nice. And then I like that. It basically just means that the guys are wearing vests and button downs, mm-hmm. and then whatever color tie I say I'm wearing. Which what's been your favorite? kit um well i got fat in quarantine so there's only so much i can wear hell (laughs) yeah cheers to that (laughs) some of my clothes are not looking so great uh so uh there's a black and yellow dress that still looks pretty good (sighs) so we're on the black and yellow vibe um and the guys i think when we do black and yellow they tend to do like black shirts with black vests with yellow ties that's kind of the vibe i'm digging that is That's it? probably that'll probably be the album release show outfit. Oh, okay. Spoiler alert. Sorry, folks. Ah. I mean, we'll see it on it Zoom might anyway. Your mind. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> it might change your mind. I have so, like a gold shiny over the top dress that I keep thinking about whether or not I'm going to wear. But don't it spoil it. Feels don't like spoil too it. Much. These people. Well, maybe a little much. too much is a good thing. Yeah, but I'm too much all the time anyway. So, but yeah. Anyway, there you go. Angelina, thank you so much for being on my podcast. Thank you for having me. I rambled on. That's what I do. Ramble on. Uh, Angie and the Nightmares, Girl Talk, available August 28th. Uh, pre-order digital album, pre-order digital album, and Nightlight insert now. Sounds good. Sounds good. Cheers. Where the fuck are you? <laughs> <laughs>